Hey everyone, it's Steve-O from Not Another Bee Horrorcast, and you're listening to another great production on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Spider sense is picking up Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, it tells me we're back, baby. Woo! Feels so good. To listen to the show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we would love to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, and David. Thank you. Thank you. And like you said, we're freaking back, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we're freaking back. I know. I, I think like the perfect amount of time elapsed where yeah. like I feel like I rested and then I wondered like, did we take too much time off? And then I was like, no, just like keep going. And then we got <laughs> to the point where I was like, I miss it. You know what I mean? Like it was like, I feel like it was yeah. the perfect amount of time and I'm like very excited to be back. Yeah, it it, uh, it was helpful to realize like how much time is actually spent on yeah. the, I mean, not even just just like literal time doing it but like time thinking and also it. energy and thinking <laughs> about it yeah just to not have to even think about having anything to do that week yeah you know um yeah. is is something uh it's yeah it's interesting it's interesting. i think it was a really uh fantastic idea i feel energized and thank you everybody for uh being patient and being back because if you're hearing this you clearly uh didn't run away forever <laughs> yeah our venom movies and episodes didn't chase people away like oh my god I hope these you enjoy people are genuinely insane they are out of their fucking minds unsubscribe oh i hope not and you know what whatever we're here we have a fun episode i'm glad we're like easing back into it because we were doing uh an ask us anything episode our our uh kind of fourth anniversary ama our 16th ama mm-hmm. um, it just felt right to to come back this way yeah i mean this episode's coming out the same week of what we consider our podcast anniversary because mm-hmm. technically the introduction episode so the first thing in our feed dropped on february 5th i guess the the real first episode was like the 12th but like that an introduction episode was like it wasn't a trailer like we it was yeah. like 20 minutes or something so like yeah. that was real so yeah so february 5th is like our anniversary it's our fourth one um which feels like it it's weird because i was sort of like i can't tell if that feels like it's like i'm surprised that it's only been four years or i'm or it feels like it should be longer because I feel like it's like, wow, we did this for four years, but then I'm also sort of like, it feels like I've been doing this for my entire life actually. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one time is forever weird and, uh, anymore. And two, yeah. like, I think 
the number the episode numbers hit me harder than the amount of time we've been doing it like fair, and sometimes yeah. it's day to day so like today i was like wow four years doesn't feel like it's been that long but i'm certain that whenever i save our next episode and i'm like episode 180 whatever or whatever we're at 170 um, something right now yeah <laughs> i think it's 173 it, is the next it's one, gonna yeah. feel like holy shit we did that many <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i mean so. we'll, we're we'll be very close to episode 200 i guess we'll hit that this year <laughs> which is weird that will um, hit me a lot harder, I think, than like the number of years doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird too because I think when we started, we started this like right when both of us were on the cusp of a lot of like major life changes, mm-hmm. and then there continued to be major life changes, oh and then like yep. COVID happened, and so it's like <laughs> it's been like a a very um, <laughs> incredibly long four years. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff has happened to both of us and the world, yeah. but also both of us in yeah. four years. So I think it does just. Like, I know me at the start of this podcast is so wildly where I was in life was so wildly different than where I am now. Which uh-huh. so it's weird to think like that was only four years ago though. Like that feel that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, big same. I mean, like we started right after I made like a major move, like out of a like to a completely different state. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like basically like built back up after a huge move. So like yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like yeah, it coincides with like a really specific and kind of weird four years. So. Um, yeah but yeah hey, here's to you know? f- f- four years that are less weird next time <laughs> <laughs> right let's hope I, as i cheers with my mug of water i wasn't prepared <laughs> <laughs> oh god just hoping for less of a roller coaster um Please. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh speaking of roller coasters Speaking uh, of anniversaries, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's better. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, this questions are the questions that we got are kind of for roller coasters. Oh, gotcha. A bit, yeah, you know, yeah. we got uh, a lot so, of questions. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, you were really pushing hard for questions, and I was like, we already have a lot. Is this gonna be like a five-hour episode? But mm-hmm. I think it ended up being pretty much the exact right amount by the end yeah, of it. I think it's fine. Um, so I think this all worked out. I nicely. started pushing when we had like six questions. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then people always come through and yeah. ask a lot of wild stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I I organize these uh, to the best of my ability. Do you want to just start with these Spider-Man questions? Yeah. Because we've got a lot of Spider-Man questions, and then we've got some non-Spider-Man related ones yeah. after that. But. Yeah, we can dive in, and and because we had so many, I actually kind of looked ahead and sort of tried to think about some of these. Sometimes I go in totally cold and this time I was like, we got a lot. I should probably yeah. at least peruse these. So I think yeah. we'll be okay. There's some, um, I'm just like, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Sorry. Move it on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, you kind of categorize them. First category here is Spider-Man. And our first question is also sort of anniversary ish. Um, or at least it's a congratulations. So Jason on Patreon said, happy anniversary fellas. Thank you. Uh, he also said, not sure if you have already answered this, but here goes. Uh, favorite Spider-Man character besides Spider-Man himself? Thanks for all you do. The podcast is amazing. And so are both of you. Thank you, Aww, Jason. I'm making uh, a heart with my hands. You can't see it. Yeah, I've been very supportive of our stuff yeah. for the last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my answer is not surprising, I don't think. No. Doc Ock is my favorite Spider-Man character besides Spider-Man. Uh, and has been for a very long time, even before Spider-Man 2. So that's that's yeah. like, that's been my answer for a long time. Almost every iteration is an iteration I like. And even the ones I don't, uh, I like to not like them. You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? You're doing this wrong. I have like lots to say about it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my obvious answer. But, uh, but I also, 
I think in the context of the podcast, especially like I have new faves that are sort of like probably niche faves, like spectacular Liz Allen, uh, or indie from MTV. Um, so I, I've, I've gained some new favorites and then I tried to think of what my favorites would have been like as a kid. Um, and I think like when I was a kid, especially cause my context was primarily the nineties show and then anything in comics I recognized from the nineties show first, mm-hmm. I really liked lizard. I really liked Morbius. Um, and I liked Daredevil, who I considered a Spider-Man character because I didn't really know better. Oh, sure. Um, well, he didn't have those, his own cartoon and then right. he was in the 90s show. So I, yeah. it makes sense, yeah. But I, those are the ones that I remember sort of really sticking out to me and being like exciting characters to see. Yeah, yeah. I do love, it's, it's, they feel like there's a, uh, with like Indy and Liz Allen, there's sort of like a like a consistency of like liking the, the secondary love interests that definitely won't get Peter Parker in the end of it Look, in their respective shows. I, I feel like there's <laughs> a lot the of room here for anybody to claim I don't like Gwen or Mary Jane. That's not the case. It's oh, just yeah, like no. nice I, I to see. No, I'm not saying you're that. doing that, but like I'm recognizing like that is a pattern for me is like the, the sort of other girlfriend uh, or like girlfriend before or girlfriend in the meantime or something like that the girlfriend you're like waiting for it not to work out like i don't know why that's a pattern for me but i do like it or i like them i should say yeah that's fine yeah yeah but i that that, all of that all of that totally checks out um for me yeah i kind of struggle this a little bit because i I guess like I, I realize like I think I actually when talking like just broadly Spider-Man, so like not any particular version, just like the mythological characters, you know, um, I actually realize like I think just Mary Jane is one of my favorite characters because no matter how she's portrayed, I tend to like her and feel really personally offended when she's not treated well in any iteration like and and that's not something that i really would have said years ago but i think doing this podcast and being a lot more immersed in spider-man spider-man material um like i've gained just a greater appreciation for pretty much every version of her like you know Mm -hmm. i used to not like the movie version of her and then i realized that was the dumbest thing ever in kirsten dunn's rules and i like her in those movies (laughs) even when she's not used well but like even beyond that like every time we read a spider-man comic that i hadn't read before and mary jane's in it and i'm like mary jane's great cool um and you know ones that i had read in the past like I've, i've never i've always enjoyed her as a character whether she's you know in a relationship with peter at the time or not like i feel like she's not always used well, but like, I feel like j- the, the sort of basis of the character always comes from a good place. Um, I, I liked her in this, our coverage of the, the nineties show. I liked her way more than I ever did after sort of realizing some of the nuances that, that she had in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in any other version, honestly, after that, like especially spectacular Spider-Man, I love her in that show. Um, and every version, you know, not again, not every version does her justice, but I think I, I, I never like dislike the character in any, inter- well, maybe the MTV show, but that one doesn't really count. That's a really bizarre case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, like Lisa always... Loeb and I still like Lisa Loeb and yeah. some of the ideas of that Mary Jane. She's just horrendously written in that show. So. I think it's, I think it's kind of always safe and, and, and not that this will always be true, but I think it's always safe to guess that we might have different feelings about the iteration in the MTV show yeah. uh, than like the the decisions at large or like the the trends at large mm-hmm. doesn't mean that like that is true but I think it's it's safe to assume <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. But that was sort of my, it was, it was, that was surprising that I came up with that, but it's just the thing that sort of dawned on me is how much I just like Mary Jane consistently across things. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think as a, as a kid, you, I, you were bringing that up. I hadn't really thought about it, but you know, as a kid, I really like Venom. I really like the lizard. Um, I like, I love Doc Ock a lot now, uh, as well. Um, and I like Rhino a lot. I like every, most iterations of Rhino that I find mm-hmm. even when he's, it's even when they use him like in the stupidest way possible, yeah. it's just kind of generally tends to be such a fun character, but I've yeah. gained a, a much bigger appreciation for Flint Marco and Sandman. Oh, sure. Uh, this podcast yeah. has made me think about him and like just in general, or, or I guess like consider him more than I used to. Yeah. Um, I think I used, I mean, I used to just think of him as like a cool superpower and now I kind of get him as a character. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, J. Jonah Jameson, when he's written oh, well, yeah. that's a, that's and actually J. Jonah Jameson and an Alt May are both characters where if they're written badly, I despise them with every fiber, yeah. fiber of my being. If they're written well, they might be like one Highlights. of my favorite characters in that show, in, in yeah. that show or whatever. So th- those are very like asterisks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I have very strong feelings about those two characters characters in either direction depending on the version i would agree with that for sure for sure for sure (laughs) yeah good question Mm -hmm. on instagram at savannah casarado asked why did you start talking about all things (laughs) spider-man You know, well, I don't you, think... add, you inserted a tone into that question that made it like, can y'all stop? I know, I know. I know that that's not what I meant. I thought it'd be funny. Um, it's, you know what's funny, though? I, don't, I guess we've never, we've never really gotten... Have we ever gotten the question of, like, why we started the podcast before? I don't know if we ever have. Um, I don't think so. I think we've done individual Spidey origins, like Spider-Man fan origin stories. I don't think we've ever done, like, how this particular podcast happened. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that people realize, because we wouldn't have talked about it, that, like, the podcast being a Spider-Man podcast is, like, way, 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 way after the fact that uh, of you and I beginning to just talk about Spider-Man. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that came out of... It was like a thing that we mutually liked mm-hmm. that like That's- I th- my mem- my memory of how it all went down is that we had both done some variation of podcasting and content creation already like y- you already had victory road at that point right like that yes. started before all who web snappers so you'd done that yes. i'd had some guest spots on like ranger command and i'd already been like i'd already was had been like writing articles for k-site tv i'd already been making youtube videos so both of us were in this like sort of like space of 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 creation on the internet and talking about media anyway i was gonna say and specifically talking about media yeah yeah and so it just made a lot of sense it's one of those things where it's just like i mean it's like almost a cliche now of like if you're like if you're if you're specifically a white man in your like late 20s or mm-hmm. um you're at some point going to either start a podcast or ask someone if they want to start a podcast <laughs> and that's how it happened i think both of those yeah. were in that space both of us had, had been friends for years at that point and already yeah talking about stuff had a mutual love of spider-man would already talk about spider-man stuff and i th- and I think I, I feel like my memory, if memory serves, I approached you asking if yes. you wanted to do a podcast with me and pitch Spider-Man because that's a thing that we both love. And we didn't have any friends that already made a Spider-Man podcast. So at least within our yep. spaces that we were in, there, there seemed to be an available space for us to do that. 
Yeah, and I think even the podcasts that we were aware of doing Spider-Man stuff, I think had pretty narrow focus, which yeah. is great. Um, but we were kind of just like, what if we talk about Spider-Man and our vehicle is talking about every cartoon? Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, we definitely already talked. I know we already talked about Spider-Man plenty and had for years because you had been trying to convince me to watch Spectacular for a long time before uh, we started doing the podcast. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to joke that the podcast was a way for you to get me to watch it. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. you succeeded at. <laughs> uh-huh. And was I wrong? Nope. It's no, great. <laughs> you weren't. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, basically, we 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 had been friends. We already knew we had a mutual uh, love of Spider-Man. And then one day, Derek was like, what if this? And I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. It came together really quickly. And it was very... Yeah. A very smooth, like, I feel like we were we were very on the same page about what we wanted to do right from the get-go. So it mm-hmm. was just a little bit of pre-planning. And then it wasn't very long. I feel like it maybe was just like a couple of months before we launched it. And yeah, then it's it's history. So it yeah. wasn't very long at all. Yeah. 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 Not a, not a, not a, not a wild, like you can't make a back, a, a, a fun, like a, a biopic about how we created the podcast. It just wasn't really a fun story behind it. It all worked out. No, <laughs> I know. I wish there was something more exciting, but I can't imagine there are that many podcasts that have like, or like there are certainly podcasts that have like wild origin stories. I look at like anything Jamie Loftus does, but I bet even she is just sort of like, here's the thing I'm interested. What if I research it in podcasts? You know right. what I mean? And then I so. did it and it was great. Like, right. yeah, I, I imagine most podcasts are just sort of exactly what we experience, yeah. which is I'm, what about this? Right. I'm, I'm happy that we were able to uh, do this without having like drama or anything. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Out of the ashes was born walloping web snappers. <laughs> We picked ourselves up and rebuilt our psyche. <laughs> our spirits no longer broken. <laughs> um, Stick Braxton, uh, who's been on the show at Stick Around Fifty Four on Twitter, uh, asked: Of all these Spider-Man villains, who would make the best superhero? I wrote that wrong. He's actually on Instagram. That under that name, he's on Twitter too. But gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's his it's, uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, name. Give him a follow. He makes Absolutely. very good content. Yes, good stuff. Um, but anyway, the question. Um, I mean, I th- the really obvious answer. I, I'll give it. I'll, I'll think of another one. But the really obvious answer is Venom, only because he has already over and over again mm-hmm. <laughs> become an antihero, and then a superhero, and then an anti-villain, and then a villain, and then a superhero, and then an anti-hero. So like, yeah. Venom's the easy one. Whether or not like that should have been the route it took, who knows? But that is the route it took. So that's the easy answer for it. But I do think that I have two actually two answers for this. I think. One is... Um, I'm so curious to see if we landed in the same spot. One would be the lizard if Dr. Connors got control of his lizard brain. I'd considered um, that. The only thing is, like, I don't know if the character of Dr. Connors would, like, want to actually go out and be a superhero, but I could, but I think he would make a good superhero if he were allowed to be one. Um, or he could. He's a good... Yeah. I think he's generally... Yeah. Generally, he would be a good guy and would be... And it would be interesting to have a superhero that's like, I turn into a lizard and then that's it. Like, I think that's kind of fun. And then my other answer would actually be Rhino. I think, uh, I think if Rhino were in the right environment and had like the right mentor, um, I think, cause I I mean, he's never like, even the worst versions of him, he's never portrayed as like a malicious guy. Like I think at the core, Mm -hmm. some, some, you know, some, 
sometimes he's written to be nicer than other times. Um, like, you know, but in the Miles Morales comic, I think they do a really nice job with using him as sort of like in, in a weird, like he just wants to kind of do his own thing. It's just as his own thing happens to be villainy. But like, if he's in a position where he doesn't need to rob places and he has someone in his life, that's like a good influence. I think that he, I think he could be a superhero, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, after some training and everything. Yeah, I agree. I, I we've also seen uh we've seen like bits and pieces of characters get to explore this too. Like Rhino in the Miles Morales comic, Sandman has had some instances where it's mm-hmm. like he may not be like a hero, but he's like teaming up with Spider Man. Yeah. Um and then twenty seventeen explores this a lot. Twenty seventeen cartoon explores this a lot with like Otto. I really enjoyed the way they did Otto, uh mm-hmm. and Hobgoblin. I really enjoyed the way they did Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately I landed I honestly think that like there is a world or maybe a reality within the multiverse or whatever where like Craven is a compelling hero. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And no, I don't know how much answer. I don't know if the comics really get into that much or, or if they really have. I would be shocked if it didn't at least toy with it because villains teaming up with Spider-Man or any hero is like a fun thing to explore. But I do actually think that there's a version of Craven who is a hero explicitly stops killing things for hunt mm-hmm. and instead protects things by hunting or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's just sort of a heroic leaning anti-hero at the worst. You know what I mean? The, the executives at Sony are cheering right now. They're so happy that, but they're not going to do it that way. <laughs> they're going to do it in a way like there's a simple way to do it. And I feel like they're going to do it in like the weirdest, cringiest Probably. way. Yeah, but you're right. They're so. they're thrilled. Somebody's yeah. somebody just sneezed. Somebody's ears are tingling. All the above. <laughs> I that, yeah. I just think I I do That's think it would answer. work. I think it would That's work. That's a very, very good well. answer. I, yeah. I honestly think one of the things that makes him interesting is the fact that he's like so close to just being like a guy that's good yeah. at stuff, but just like chooses to like he has an obsession. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really what gets in the way of him, like, just yeah. like being well, a good guy who cares about nature and animals, because he does. <laughs> I mean, we kind of saw that in the um, in the '90s show, at least where we're at in it. I think that he maybe maybe has one more appearance that we haven't gotten to yet, and I honestly don't remember what happens in that episode. But like the the, the sort of arc that he had in the '90s show for the first couple of seasons is that he's only a villain in his initial episode because of the serum basically drove him crazy. When he comes back in the Man Spider episode, he is fully a good guy. There's, there's, he is. He is like a pro- he is a, a, the protagonist of that episode. So like, I think it works. Yeah, I I think that that's that's fine. I de- there's definitely a, plenty of room for that. Not saying I want it, just think it would work. Yeah. So yeah. calm down, Sony. <laughs> 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 oh man. So Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam on Twitter asked. I uh, got a couple of Spider-Man questions from him. Yeah. The first one is. Which Spider-Man villain would have the best shot at winning Survivor if they were playing a game against an otherwise normal cast of humans? I'm not even going to try to answer this. This is all you, Doug. Incredible timing, Josh, because Australian Survivor just started this week and the new U.S. season's cast just dropped today. So, uh, wow, your Survivor senses were tingling for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're not using their powers or if it's not obvious that they have powers, the three names that I thought of were Norman, 
honestly, Flint Marco and Felicia Hardy, I think, are, are the ones that immediately stood out to me. I think with a cast of, like, dummies, uh, in quotes, Norman runs away with a win because uh, he's going to manipulate everybody very easily. I think of Survivor as a social game, not a survival game, so that's important context. I think with a, a more balanced cast where, like, Norman can't run away with it, I think Flint would win, like, a heart-minded jury. Like, he has the sort of, like... Uh, like I'm just doing this for my daughter sort of vibe and story. And I think if the jury is voting based on strategy, I think Felicia is like very much the archetype of a lot of like younger female winners that are able to sort of navigate um, in a way that, that uh, is very impressive. Um, If they're using powers, it's chameleon once his powers are innate because you could fuck anything up if you could be anybody you want. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my answers, Josh. <laughs> love it. Love it. I will abstain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a final tribal council between Norman Osborne, Flint Marco, and Felicia Hardy arguing why they deserve to win a million dollars. That sounds bananas. Flint Marco is the only one who would need a million dollars, but... Yeah. <laughs> that does sound really fun. I, right? Like, yeah. I would, I would watch that or listen to the audio drama version of that yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Um, Josh asked another question. You get to commission a five part Spider-Man mm. comic who writes slash arts and what's the plot summary. Um, I don't have the most fleshed out answer ever, but I can tell you I would be commissioning. Um, it would be, it would be a five part miniseries that Spider-Man is not really in that much. He might make some fun, <laughs> but it would mostly be Spider-Man uh-huh. world. It would be a romance comic, um, Ooh. where, uh, Doc Ock and Rhino, uh, have a will they won't they fun little attraction involved. <laughs> wow uh, and i do think and that isn't just like me being horny or whatever i think it yeah. would be a really fun play like rom-com kind of thing because they're they're polar opposites right like doc yeah. is like the smart egocentric guy rhino is like the big brute who's like kind of dumb but also like kind of sweet sometimes and i think that there's your fun rom-commy opposites attract kind of thing i cannot believe these two would like be in love, but then they, they somehow fall in love. Could they be? Is it possible? Right, right. You know, and they, there's a misunderstanding. Rhino's too stupid to understand something or or access something that really offends him. And they have their like, you know, issue four breakup and then they get back together. Um, Rhino, Rhino breaks his bed. Therefore they must share one. Oh yeah. Who walks in on whom? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Rhino would have to walk in on Ak because Rhino doesn't wear clothes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. There are all um, sorts of fun tropes you could play with. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know who I would want to have to write. I, I would want it to be written and illustrated by like gay or queer artists, I think. Um so I don't and I, I don't really there's plenty that I've encountered before. I, I don't really have some anyone that I'd wanna wanna pick right off the bat but I, I, I honestly i think i would love it where like every issue maybe even is a different mm. like artist or something because there's some like um yeah. ed loose who does a wovable oaf comics i would mm-hmm. I, I think he draws uh he draws like vil- like super villains with this body those body types really well yeah. um like the body types of doc ock and rhino would ideally have in this comic and mm-hmm. i think i would love to see uh his take on it um yeah, I mean, plenty, plenty of artists. And obviously, uh, uh, Drew Green, I really like his art a lot. I'd love oh, yeah. to see him also, um, yeah. yep. have his have his hand at that. So, um, 
Yeah, five, I think that's di- exactly five different the artists. vibe for exactly the type of comic you're talking about too. Exactly, yeah, because it's not it's not even like an. I mean, it it I I would say it's probably mostly not an action comic. It is a it is like a fun um, eye candy kind of comic that's your that you know is is meant to tug at your heartstrings. Yeah, but probably is also very funny. So. I love it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um. I built off of something I alluded to when we were talking about the 60s show, I think. So mm-hmm. give me my Parafino and Fifth Avenue Phantom crossover that Spider-Man is just stuck in the middle of because those two decide to go at it. Uh, bring it into the uh, modern day by having Juan Ferreira be the artist. Ooh, uh, love that. And let Gail Simone write it because I uh. read Clean Room and I was forever changed. That's good. Yeah, Gail, uh, Gail Simone should just, I mean, she writes plenty of comics, but she should always write more. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, and like, I do think, you know, Gail Simone has, you know, the, the the well-earned reputation she has online for being like silly and goofy and a troll and all that sort of stuff. But like, she also, in addition to just being like a good writer and like respecting um, like the medium of comics and the characters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. also is really good at, I think, recognizing the potential of niche characters. So I think Gail Simone could take characters that barely existed like Parafino and Fifth Avenue Phantom and make them something bigger and grander and like relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she can handle horror. We've seen it. So, yeah. You know who should write my, sorry, everything you said is great. Um, but I, no, it just good. hit me. You know who should write my romance comic would be Hamish Steele. Like, fucking ah, why? Yeah, okay. I, I, I didn't want to like, since you said you didn't want to like pitch anybody, the, yeah. I had like a couple names and I was like, well, I don't want to like throw no, names out if he doesn't want to throw names out. But H- Hamish was one of them for sure. Yeah, I was, because I was thinking there's a lot of art comics writers that I know personally that I'm sure would kill it. And I didn't want to like choose one over the other or anything, but Hamish yeah. Steele is like a uh, god tier. So yes, I think he should write it. <laughs> I think, um, I think Joe Glass could handle it too. Oh yeah, Joe Glass would be great at that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Breadmaker2000 at BreadKneeWheat on Twitter. Yum, sounds delicious. I know, right? Asked, what's your favorite interpretation or version of Doc Ock slash Dr. Octopus? Um, out of all the live action Spider-Man movies, which is your favorite? And are there any characters in the Marvel Universe that are... Any other characters in the Marvel Universe? Uh, Do you like anyone other like? than Doc Ock, Doug? No, <laughs> I don't, Breadmaker2000. I simply do not. Um, <laughs> uh, so these are... First time I read this, I kind of did read them all together and only just as I'm reading them out loud realized that they are kind of I three did, very separate questions. That's why I didn't separate about it. I, did, I was just like, yeah. okay. I, th- I thought it was like... No, I did the same I, thing I just wasn't did. reading. I thought it was all building off of the first question. So... Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you and I have the same answer. I-, I think you and I have the same answer for our favorite version of Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Come on. I, I-, I would be shocked if it were. Yeah. I just have more answers. I just think our number one answer is the same. Yeah. It's Al, it's Al for Melina Doc Ock. Yeah. Like, in Spider-Man 2, and it's never going to change, I don't think. I don't think anything's going to change my mind. And that's not yeah. even, and that is not to say anything negative about other iterations no. of Doc Ock, but like there's just, They're it's great. just un- unreal how yeah. good he is and how well written his version of the character is. Yeah. I mean, there really are other great ones, too. Like, Olivia Octavius is incredible, and Catherine mm-hmm. Hahn fucking crushes it. She is great, yeah. Um, I mean, it's great because she's great. It's Honestly, it's great only slightly because it was unexpected, but mostly because it was just a really fucking cool take on, like, yep. Doc Ock's ego and personality and particularly his equipment. It was, like, a new way I'd never seen it. Um, yeah. So that's a really incredible one. But it is Alfred Molina 
every day of the week yeah and twice on sundays yeah absolutely without a doubt um the other question live action spider-man movies which one is your favorite i it's still spider-man 2 for me i have things really surpass that um which again isn't to say that i don't like movie the other spider movies that come after it um but i there that one you know part of its nostalgia part of it's the point of my life i was when i watched it but i also think it's a really fucking good movie <laughs> period outside of spider i think i would like yeah. it even if i wasn't a spider-man fan you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, i also think you made the question significantly easier by specifying live action oh my God. maker 2000 yeah. because if yes. you had just said any this would have been a really hard competition between spider-man 2 and into the spider i genuinely <laughs> don't know how i feel about that i don't anymore. either and i'm glad you didn't make yeah that's because really hard yeah but yeah have to wait is, for the next ama where somebody forces us to choose i i'm i don't i mean i i don't know i think it's i don't know yeah it's hard it's really hard i don't know i i like them both but i like them both for like different reasons mm-hmm. and like they're meaningful to me in different ways i whatever i, I can't go down that path right now we don't have to we don't have to <laughs> yeah um <laughs> And are there any other characters in the Marvel Universe you guys like? No, absolutely not. No, um, just Doc Ock. Yeah, I, I, just Doc Ock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like plenty of them. I, 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 there's, I think it's a better question of like, are there characters I, I strongly dislike? Of ones that are like my favorites upon favorites, like there's not really anything, anyone is high up there for me as like Spider-Man and some of his rogues gallery. That's, that's, I, there really isn't another like Marvel character or, or, or whatever that like speaks to me in the way that Spider-Man does that I feel an attachment to really. So like, there's plenty that I like, but you know, yeah, none that, that rival the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like just generally speaking, I like, I, I like Marvel characters. I like the Marvel universe. I'm sure there are plenty I don't like, but it's a lot easier uh, to just vibe with Marvel characters. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think I think the way you put it, like none of them really rise to that same level as yeah. uh, Spider-Man, I think, ra- like rings true with me as well. And even as a kid, like I really just watched Spider-Man. Like I didn't I, I don't even well, I, I, I didn't watch X-Men. I know I'm like in a, a pretty small minority, I think, of people who probably watched Spider-Man, but then didn't watch X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my even as a kid, it was basically just Spider-Man. Uh, and whoever showed up on his shows, uh, and then everything else was DC because Batman was happening and Superman yeah. was happening. I watched those shows. Um, I will say that like the only other Marvel cartoon I did watch was the Iron Man cartoon, and I did think it was very very cool. It just didn't really go anywhere for me. I, I think if it had gone further or did more, um, M- Iron Man might have been a character I cared a lot more about and like appreciated before and outside of the MCU of it all, but. It didn't. It didn't play out that way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. If it would, this would be a harder question if 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 it included like DC characters or whatever. But not really yeah. the Marvel universe. I, I will say I do have a, a really big affinity for Beast a lot from X Men, mm-hmm. but it's it's still very different than Spider Man stuff because I really don't. I haven't really seen that. I haven't. I I was not a big X Men cartoon watcher either. I did watch it, but I wasn't 
as like in I I wasn't as obsessive about it as I was a lot of other stuff when mm-hmm. I was a kid and I haven't revisited it very much. Um and so I haven't I've only engaged with like a limited amount of X-Men media. So I love Beast a lot like in theory and broadly, but then a lot of times like I'll mention Beast and someone will be like, "Yeah, too bad like he committed genocide recently." And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Apparently he sucks in the comics now oh, cool. or did for a period. I don't know." But like the general idea of classic Beast, I guess I like a lot. I really nice like beast figure that i have that i that i cherish a lot like Mm -hmm. i think the idea of just like this like weird furry giant blue man who's also very smart and nice and sweet and reads shakespeare and shit like i love that but that's also like the broadest most casual (laughs) version of that character yeah so it doesn't really like count it's not in the same way as as i as i deeply love yeah and i'm invested in in the lives and world of other characters in the spider-man world yeah i would say like the only reason like miles um ghost spider gwen stacy and kamala khan wouldn't rise to the level of peter parker's spider-man it's just because we've only known him for a decade but that's like my next tier like it's spider-man and then it's like those three i i love that yeah that crew that all came in kind of at the same time um and really like hit the same chord for me as mm peter parker stuff did but like in an updated way like i care a lot about those three characters like i i love spider-man and peter parker and his shit and i care a lot about those three characters and then everybody else is like i either like them i don't like them but don't have strong feelings yeah i i also the the marvel cinematic universe made me want to and i just have never done it i've never done the work made me want to learn about and care about Hulk more than I ever did before. Like I really actively didn't like the character of Hulk because I didn't get Hulk. And then on it, like it, the, the, the first Avengers movie really like made me pay attention and be like, if this is sort of what the Hulk can be, I think he could be my favorite character, not my favorite, but one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah. Um, I just like, haven't done the work to find out if that's true. That's fair. The, uh, the MCU made me really fall in love with Captain America in a way that I never had mm-hmm. before. Um, yeah. but that's also like that, but the, 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 I feel like Superman already kind of fills the void that Captain America that would sense. take up in me. I, I think if I had appreciated Captain America as a kid more, it would be different, but like him and Superman for me specifically are sort of on the same level of like why they like, why I like the two of them. Mm-hmm. And so it pretty much, it pretty much, I'm just, it, I'm, I'm kind of stuck with liking the movie version of Captain America and not really engaging with much outside of that for him. (laughs) I I like the very brief moment I intersected with Captain America in the comics where I learned he was an artist (laughs) for a while. Oh, that was fun. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, on to the next Kyle at Deadpool Ranger on Twitter asked, uh, I'm only asking because Doug promised to take his clothes off if I did. Hmm. Um, so I hope you hope you uh, did that's a that mile. Me. I mean, that's one way to interpret what I tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> if you could create your own Spider-Man villain based off any animal, what and who would it be? I I'm getting deja vu. I feel like we've gotten a sim. Have we gotten this question before or something similar I to it? I feel like. I feel like we've probably gotten something similar to it, but I definitely don't have the same answer because I know I didn't okay. say what I thought about this time. Yeah, I don't remember what it, yeah what I would have said if we got that before anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. Matter. Um, 
I, I didn't I, I didn't even see this I noticed this, I read it ahead of time so I don't remember so this is I mean this it. probably isn't surprising and maybe it's a cheat because I'm gonna drop another cephalopod here but in a very different way than Doc Ock I promise you I think like an actual aquatic villain based on a vampire squid could be rad as fuck and could be cool. sort of like an aquatic uh version or counterpart or similar vibe to what vulture was early on where it was like how do you fight a guy who attacks from the sky you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know how much I don't know I don't know how much Spider-Man has you know yeah. really had to deal with water i know there's uh, iconic moments of spider-man in water don't get me wrong but like yeah I, he's not known for most superheroes i feel like aren't known for having like aquatic villains so that's true yeah because taking hard like to a deep it, sea weird vampire <laughs> squid that has like webbed tentacles and fucking spikes on it i think you could do some cool weird horror shit with that yeah, that would be cool. I was also thinking an aquatic thing and like something that there I don't think there's ever been a character made out of, like uh, a horseshoe crab, I think. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure like Interesting. Would, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what to do with that, but I feel yeah. like there's something there because horseshoe crabs are so unique looking, like they have the yeah. a really hard shell, so I feel like you could do something with that or even ha- if they have like a like a like a tortoise like shell on the mm-hmm. character's costume and then like a tail like a sharp tail that i think you could like stab people yeah. with or whatever and then i don't know the way the horseshoe crabs like kind of look smooth on top and then you know uh, uh, the fucking chaotic them, underneath super chaotic i don't know how what you would do with that exactly what is any of that um right i don't know what you would do with that exactly but it's also the kind of thing where like I like horseshoe crabs and I think that that's a kind of thing where like they look scary when you see under them, but they're actually like totally harmless. Yeah. So it would be the kind of Spider-Man villain where I feel like it would be more probably an anti-villain or somebody with the potential <laughs> to be an anti-hero just yeah. because of that vibe. I still don't know what like the power set would be or whatever, but I just feel like there's something you could do with that that has never been done before. I think you could take some liberties with the anatomy and figure some yeah. stuff out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was also, I was also thinking, um, what are the name? Uh, what's what's the real name for water bears? Is it tardigrade? Is that oh right? the tardigrades? Yeah, yeah. I think there'd be something you could do like a really kind of grotesque looking villain based on them. I mean, as cute as they are, I think you could do like a grotesque version of them and, and powerful I think because, version of and them and very powerful and unstoppable. Yeah, um, and you even even play with it where it's just like somebody who's really tiny or like they have a shrinking Aww. ability or something like that. Um, but like their whole deal is that they're literally invulnerable and invincible and impenetrable. Yeah. And like, what do you do with that kind of thing? Um, <laughs> you send them into and, space and hope they never find their way back to Earth. Right, right. It's like, like you can actual survive, tardigrades. <laughs> survive in any temperature. You throw it into a volcano and it's fine. Yeah. Like literally unkillable. Like that would be, that's an interesting challenge mm-hmm. um, for a superhero. Damn, we're feeling very aquatic today, huh? I mean, I think, like you said, there's not really a lot of aquatic-based villains unless it's literally like an Aquaman villain or something. Right. And even then, like, it's not a whole lot. There's not, like, a lot of iconic villains, like, considering how many animal-themed ones, especially in Spider-Man's rogues gallery, there are very few, if any, that are really water-based. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the octopus, you know? Mm-hmm. They they got it in one. <laughs> yeah, but he's like nothing about him is actually aquatic. It, no, it's literally at all. The, the arms and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Sean Destroyer of Worlds at Snarky Sean asked if you could transfer the spider powers to another hero, who would you pick and why? <laughs> Read Spider Island. And you can I was gonna see say we did get to see a lot of examples in Spider Island. 
uh, both in the sh- well, not I, we saw a couple examples in the show. On the show, we saw several more examples in the comics. But there is something notable about Spider Island. I think specifically in the comics, which is that anybody who was already a mutant or a mutate was oh, like immune yeah. from the virus. So there's still that's a right. huge that's pool right. of characters that we can we can choose from. That's that's the approach I took. Yeah, that's. that's I was a trying good to point. think of mutants that I thought would be be fun i mean i kind of abandoned any sort of like sense or logic of like what would be like what would make sense and i just started to think of like who my favorite x-men characters were uh, yeah. and and i would very much like to see uh do you know rock slide from x-men or new mutants think like kind of thing but like actually like rock and craggly and sometimes kind of gargoyly almost just depending on like how the artist decides to draw him or like what era he's in. I just think it'd be really fun to have like a big craggly golemy version of rock slide. Who's also super fast and agile and even stronger. Um, one that would be hot and two, it would be terrifying because I think he also can like explode. <laughs> like, okay. So I think guy? like the I've only thing is like before. the only thing like you know downside to him is that he's probably slow like you can always see him coming so if he's like suddenly fast gonna fuck your shit up yeah i see i wasn't even thinking of um who would be like good who would utilize it well i was thinking of what would be like the funniest and it's funny you said the thing because i think the thing with spider powers would be funny (laughs) because i think he would just be annoyed about it the whole time like i don't think that he would enjoy that or shit sticking to him yeah and it's sort of like it's really hard to be agile when his whole deal is being heavy and gigantic and i feel like he would just cause more damage trying to flip around and do the acrobatic stuff (laughs) and i think it would just make him frustrated and annoyed it would be very funny we had the same idea but with like very different results it was like what if we took the same character but one of them like knew how to use their powers and it was terrifying and the other one didn't and it was hilarious yeah i I was also I was also thinking it would be funny if it was someone like Beast who like doesn't need spider powers because he already can like climb on shit and flip okay. around and how frustrating it would be to just be like, well, goddamn, I don't need that, this. Like <laughs> A lot of my initial thoughts that I thought would be cool with spider powers is like, actually, you don't need it. Like Nightcrawler was one that I thought I was like, Nightcrawler doesn't fucking need spider powers. Like, mm-hmm. why would he ever use them? He can already crawl on walls and he can fucking teleport. Like, yeah, <laughs> the spider right. sense would really be the only thing he gains. Um, also on Spider Island, everybody gained webbing, right? So oh, I guess yeah. they would get that too. Not necessarily. If we're assuming. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Those those were those were my, yeah. my thoughts for that. Yep. It's a fun, I, fun question. More rock slide is, is good for me. As long as it's not the current version that literally just looks like a gray thing. I think thing is cool, but like, come on. I need to look look up uh, rock slide after this. Completely Do it. You will like the ones that are a bit like more craggly and sort of sure golemy, or not golemy, like, gargoyly. I, I like big rock men. I think yeah. so. That's yep. fine. You'll appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> HBG on Discord got a got a, a few questions. <laughs> I forgot about this one. This is this has been sitting in the Discord for like months, and I still really do not have an answer for it. I I had to prepare one for this because I was like, I'm not, go- and it's not good. It would, Sorry, yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one. I couldn't think of a good one. Uh, maybe the best ones are bad. I don't know. Um, you've been told to mock the shocker, but <laughs> but you know that you don't mock the shocker. 
Uh, and, and he accompanied it. We can post this somewhere, I guess. Uh, he accompanied it with a panel of, of like, don't mock the shocker from an actual comic. That's what it's referencing. That's a mm-hmm. thing that was said. Don't mock the shocker. The only way to survive is to mock him so hard that he cannot come up with a comeback and you can run away to safety while he tries to think of one. What do you <laughs> say? Well, luckily, right you know, the most recent episode of RuPaul's Drag Race that oh. dropped before we recorded this, the reading mini challenge happened. Oh my God. So it's like, I'm just going to take their formula because there's kind of a formula to doing a read if you're not good at it. Um, and I'm just going to build one for, for Shocker. So mine is Herman Schultz. Interesting you call yourself Shocker considering the only thing shocking about you is the decision to wear your grandmother's couch quilt as a costume. Doug, oh my god, that's the that's the only <laughs> thing I could think of to mock him with too. It's the only thing I could think of. Uh, my, I tried so hard. I was like, don't do the quilt, don't do the quilt. But it's I, all I could think of. I was just, I was going the, the, the opposite direction with the quilt. I, I went for like the 50s, like leave it to beaver version. <laughs> Nice quilt. Did your grandma knit it for you? Holy shit, we were so close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I, I guess don't mock the shocker because there's there's not that much to make right. fun of him for. He's got a weird costume, but, like, other than that, like, his backstory <laughs> isn't that, like, interesting. No. Like, you can't make fun of his, like, dead parents or anything. <laughs> who Does he have right. them? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I don't know anything about his background life. He has right? never really, like, done anything. He just, like, he I doesn't, guess. He doesn't really have much of a personality. He just, like, has his gauntlets I, and his weird costume, and that's literally it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have, like, tried to think of it in the context of Montana, but that's just making fun of Montana. That's not making fun of Shocker, you know? Right. That's not, yeah, I don't think that that's fair. That isn't out so i I, yeah. I yeah you and i same page i don't know what else there is if anybody's got an idea i i wanted so bad to think of something that didn't have to do with the quilt but i'm glad that we were we yeah. were equally as um stumped <laughs> I, I i have a lot more sympathy for spider-man writers now with writing quips oh because God, like how right? what do you i mean at least a lot of times the excuse can be well yeah he's he's trying to be annoying they're purposely bad right but also like it's still hard to come up with a bad quip that isn't just annoying to read so mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> The other question, a little bit, little bit easier than HPG asked. How about uh, how does Peter Parker avoid underwear lines? Easy, he doesn't wear them. He doesn't wear underwear under his. I was going to say, yeah, no. Again, same page. It's it's easy. Any any iteration that has ever showed him with underwear is lying. Yeah, those baggy ass boxers he wore in the '90s show under his costume. No, he didn't. No, he that's didn't. that's a lie. That was just we're not we're just and, that was just censorship. That's all. That's not true. And like, what do we think his costumes made? of it's not like i mean i know we see it tear and stuff but like even still like it's not it's not like t-shirt <laughs> like, he yeah. it's fine he doesn't have to wear underwear under there yeah yeah we're in a sure. full fucking bodysuit i mean mm-hmm. do 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 like i mean i genuinely don't know but like do bobsledders wear anything under that i mean i guess they probably do but I think I, don't I know. feel like there's like what? things compression you can wear. shorts, maybe. And like people who like wear spandex and stuff, you know, have like like dance belts or whatever on. Oh, like sure. There's, there's yeah. stuff that exists for that. But I think the thing about Peter Parker, I mean, like no, the Peter you know, Parker's uh, not wearing anything under there. Yeah. And obviously like the that then it's just sort of like, well, he's like always have like a dick print and like his spandex people can see. And I, that's just a thing that you could just got to not think about. I guess superheroes or, don't have dick prints. Yeah. Okay? That's just part of their, all, every super person's power. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever whatever material exists in the Marvel universe that is spandex but yeah. not really spandex, it just it covers that up, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Built-in dance belt and or tucking technology. Exactly, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're two for two on being on exactly the same page. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this one goes. Uh, he also asked, I'm sure you've been asked this one before, but do you have any little headcanon tidbits mm. about various villains that you'd love to share? I don't know if we've been asked that one before, actually. Well, my, I mean, my only, th- I, I, I really struggled with this. And the only example I could think of, I couldn't even remember what it was, but I know we've talked about bits of headcanon from watching the shows and talking yeah. about them and yeah. the one i i was trying and i'm hoping you can help remember the one i'm trying to think of is i swear we had some sort of headcanon surrounding spider woman and her robot and something oh well you're talking about like the headcanon was more it was like the episode order basically is oh, that okay. the um the uh the the tiny guy episode uh mm-hmm. games of doom that created the jessica android duplicate right um she basically like the, got oh the that's where she the got end. the android for yeah put it back together episode. and then just that's keeps right. that android and that's the android that she uses on the kingpin the, the kingpin strikes back i think it was called yeah. which aired earlier we covered it earlier but if you flip them it makes sense that it's like it's actually continuity that she has the same android and it also kind of helps cover for like if she needs to have time to do to do anything else in her life, mm-hmm. she can have that. We know that Android is capable of doing her job for some reason, because we saw it doing her job. So she can just have her Android at the justice magazine doing yeah. stuff while she goes out spider womaning. And it's a perfect cover for her secret identity. Yeah, that's right. I knew we had something with mm-hmm. that. Also, this is reminding me that I think we both believe pretty strongly that Billy knows she's spider woman. Yeah. Like, that, absolutely. I feel like the show only makes sense if you believe that head cannon. Yeah, I will say he did ask about villains specifically. Is Billy uh, not a villain? No, Billy's. <laughs> I, I, are you confusing him with Jeff? No, no. Billy's the best kid that we we talk about yeah. that isn't like the main character of the show. Yeah, he's like the only <laughs> he's one. Fine. Only one that's ever not been annoying. Um, um, yeah, I don't know about villains. It's always that everybody's gay. I just think everybody's secretly queer. Well, in that's some not way. headcanon. That's just real. It's true. It's just real. <laughs> Um, I know that there have been some that we've, that have come up, but like, so, you know, we've had so many conversations about this stuff. I'm sure I've come up with a million head cannons for 60 Spider-Man villains that are just littered throughout our 60s coverage. Um, I'm sure I have head cannons about unlimited villains. Um, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's plenty throughout the podcast, but my memory's trash, so I don't know. And I never end up following up on my promise to write fanfic, so. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> too late now you'll never remember anything that she said impossible you of. sorry yep. if only we'd recorded it <laughs> right there's no way to no way to play those episodes uh-huh. and I find know. Out. <laughs> uh eric berry our wonderful four-eyed radio friend over at ranger command power hour at trekkie before seven asked on twitter how many spider people does it take down how many spider people does it take to take down Galactus. There we go. We did it. How? Okay. Here's. I mean. Okay. Here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna expose. I said I was gonna expose myself. That's not the right I'm, phrasing I wanted. <laughs> I'm going to expose something about myself. I really a huge gigantic blind spot for like a lot of yeah specifically like Jack Kirby related stuff, but, but like a lot of cosmic Marvel things. Um, I've never fucking read an issue or seen a cartoon that depicted Galactus being g- defeated. I have seen Galactus in I had things. I to look it up. 
I've seen Galactus in things. I've 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 seen him appear. I've seen him be like talked down by Silver Surfer or whatever the fuck to stop doing whatever mm-hmm. or like be tricked, blah blah. I've never actually seen Galactus actually be taken down. I'm sure it has to have happened at some point. It has. But I don't <laughs> I that is the, the all the cosmic Marvel stuff is a is a space that I just like don't fuck with most of the time. <laughs> um, so I don't know how how would you even take down Galactus in the first place would be my question, and then maybe we can yeah. work backwards from there. So I I poked around a little bit at work when I didn't feel like working today, um, and he has been defeated numerous times because comics, and it I think the only pattern I could really figure out is that it always requires some sort of like immense cosmic power or incredible like quantum technology like that's Mm -hmm. it right okay and so i do think you could argue it would only take one spider person as long as that spider Spider person is captain universe yeah there you go okay i don't know if they've ever encountered this or have addressed this but i do think captain universe who is at one point spider-man can manipulate energy and matter which i think technically you could make the argument or you could write the story where spider-man defeats galactus via cool. captain universe's powers i am perfectly comfortable with that answer i think that sounds great and anytime i can bring up captain universe because there was that one version i think it was specifically in spider-verse where it's like peter parker captain universe without a mask on and was like kind of hot uh <laughs> i'm happy to bring him up <laughs> like i don't i don't think of peter parker as like a hot guy uh-huh. um but like he was looking pretty nice beard you know some kind of cool wavy okay. uh weird hair thing going on Love it. And, you know, the power of the universe. I just remember Captain Universe, my first exposure to him was in the the, uh, the PS1 Spider-Man game. It's one of the <laughs> costumes you can unlock. Uh-huh. And that was the first time I ever encountered it. I was like, what the hell is this? And, like, the the, the suit powers that it had was basically, like, invulnerability, unlimited yep. webbing. It was just, like, perfect. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's to see this guy is. All right. There you go. <laughs> the perfect guy to take down Galactus. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Steven Martinez at Random 90s Fan on Twitter asked, if we could get more seasons of any Spider-Man series that's been released (laughs) so far, which one would it be? My answer is easy. Doug, I'm curious what yours is going to be. Mine would be Spectacular Spider-Man without any hesitation by a hugely wide margin. Yeah, Spectacular is the chalk pick, and I don't disagree with it at all. Uh, It's also no surprise that (laughs) my personal pick uh, could also be unlimited <laughs> i knew it yeah I, I was wondering if you were and just I gonna think, go with that or, or not and i think the climate is actually better now than it ever has been before because it is it is it's right in that little like y2k niche right that little mm-hmm. like spot of like maybe y2k was cool by all the people who didn't live through it and also like it's so bizarre and so different from anything that's currently happening that they would not feel even remotely compelled to try to explain how it has anything to do with MCU whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's beautiful. I also, think... he'll be appearing in into the Spider-Verse, so That's true. Yeah. Or across the Spider-Verse, whatever. Across the Spider-Verse. That still fucking blows my mind yeah. that that's I know. Like it's not like I'm it's stoked. the deepest of cuts ever because it still was a show that aired on Fox Kids or whatever. No, but, but it like it's so a, easy to just not to address it at all that. as like the most yeah. derided <laughs> version well, on TV. <laughs> and the fact that so far the only two cartoon versions that they've showed is in there is Spectacular Spider-Man and Spider-Man Unlimited, which Spectacular Spider-Man is beloved, but I think I would still consider it in the mainstream kind of a cult Spider-Man show. That's still not the one that everyone thinks of. So the fact that their two choices were not 
the two that people would expect them to be, mm-hmm. which is obviously the sixties one and the nineties one, maybe like some reference to Spider-Man and amazing friends, but like that, that's I, the fact that it's neither of those three and they're the first things that are on the poster. <laughs> are I think it's great. I think they're, they're amazing like blows my mind. Just enough degrees away from a traditional Peter Parker or Spider-Man iteration that it like feels perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I'm so excited about it. But no, Spectacular, I mean, Spectacular is, the thing with both of these shows is I, I deeply want to know more of what happens in their universes, genuinely, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Spectacular is just such a good show, like an incredible show, that for me, it's the one that, like, deserves more, if that's if that's yeah. the metric. Yeah. But I am just as, I mean, the ult, ult, or, uh, not Ultimate, Unlimited ends on just, like, an absolute ridiculous fucking cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, it, I need to know. <laughs> like, yeah, and all of the ideas. so much more all to explore. The, they were going to explore the entire fucking planet. Right. All of this, I was going to say, all the stuff that they plotted out that we read on our Destiny Unleashed Part 2 episode of Spider-Man Limited that covers all Your the for unproduced <laughs> season two stuff. Like that, we everything that we cover on that episode of what they were planning for yeah. and the stuff that they had written. Like, I I. I I really feel like if that if that season had been made, I think it kind of would have redeemed itself to the people who hated it, hated that show. I think it would have redeemed itself in the eyes of a lot of people that were not so. in on it because it was doing a lot of the stuff that people would have wanted that show to do. Even as weird as it was, I think it was it seemed like they really wanted to play with that concept of the parallel, like parallel Spider-Man villains and stuff way mm-hmm. more and exploring the Marvel universe, like, which is what people mm-hmm. wanted to see way more than some of the shit they did in the first season. So, and we would have gotten the black cats. Yep. Plural. Absolutely. Which would have been sick. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, spectacular. I think more of it would go on to be a far better show, obviously, but I agree with you. I think unlimited would be better with more. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to see it. Yep. <laughs> Ranger Reviews on YouTube at Ranger Reviews on Twitter uh, asks, does the existence of web fluid also imply the existence of web gas, web solid, and web plasma? 90s Morbius is sort of like, plasma? I know, right? Did I hear that right? Uh? Plasma. (laughs) His hand buttholes are tremoring. (laughs) Trembling, not tremoring. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Here's the thing. We've kind of seen. Some of this we've seen. We've seen it, yeah, on the show. I mean, like. Web solid, like- absolutely. That one, he shoots like hard pebble, like uh, mm. uh, pellets and little like web balls all the time. Video games too. Yeah. I feel like we've seen some variation of like something you could consider web gas somehow. That's some the point. one I was like least confident about, but it is a liquid. So like theoretically, why wouldn't yeah. he be able to release it as a gas, right? Yeah. Or like a mist? Is a know. mist a gas? <laughs> Oh, maybe it's debatable. I don't know. But also, like, I don't know. I remember when he like exploded his web cartridges in the yeah. in the end of the 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 third season of the '90s show. Like, oh, true. Some of that smoke was web gas. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think it's totally if possible. The particles what are small enough, right? Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So there's no reason not to. He can do anything with his yeah. web plasma. I don't know exactly well, how that would work, but I just assume. Here's my question for you. Flame webbing is a thing. It is. So sure. And f- maybe and it's fire plasma. is plasma. So I don't know the logistics of how flame webbing works. Does anyone? But, <laughs> but you know. I think that's fair. I think you could call that plasma. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think, yes, it implies it. And also, I think it just all exists. There you go. In the real world. 
in the real world, <laughs> just like Spider-Man's webbing exists in the real world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a fun question. I like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Artsy Chef at Artsy Chef asked, uh, if Spidey stepped on a spider, does he lose his powers? I think he can't step on a spider. And I think any evidence to the contrary, just like underwear, is invalid. I think that I feel his like spiders- he'd sense them. Yeah, his spider sense would alert him to that right and he would feel really weird about doing it so he probably very actively avoids it and if he does step on a spider if he ever has he's gonna feel immense guilt about it because that is what peter parker does best so, so maybe he doesn't lose his powers but maybe he gives up on being spider-man yeah that's like that's like <laughs> the upteenth spider-man no more is like he stepped on a spider <laughs> that's one of the universes in across the spider-verse <laughs> <laughs> no i quit being spider-man i crossed the line like oh no did you What'd kill you did you kill someone yes a spider, spider. <laughs> i panicked in the shower and i before i knew what i'd done <laughs> ay, ay, ay. so i would say no just because it's impossible yeah there you go <laughs> uh ap at secret ranger fan i before i even read this i'm gonna say i read it wrong first and i'm still going to tell you my answer for having read it wrong because it's i think it's so good okay so ap at secret ranger fan on twitter asked mcu aunt may starts dating one of the heroes which i read as villains Uh, which one and what's the relationship like and and are you thinking in the mcu specifically like we're sticking just in the mcu or like anyone in general okay so i i i technically I guess technically went anyone, but I was thinking of it in the context of the MCU. Okay. So what I said, (laughs) I literally wrote this because I was so excited. It was like, easy. Olivia Octavius, the MCU's Doc Ock proper. And since Catherine Hahn is also Agatha, give me Carrie Russell in the role. (laughs) Holy fuck. That's, I don't think, I think that answer is unbeatable. I don't. And it's all because I thought she was asking about villains and oh, I was so whatever. excited. <laughs> I think I think that's a good enough answer to like forego the stipulation of it being a, a hero. And there's so much precedent good. for it. Aunt May has dated Dr. Octopus Otto yeah. Octavius and Into the Spider-Verse implies oh my God. that they have a relationship. So it's, it's right there. And I <sighs> actually think Carrie Russell would be incredible as Olivia Octavius. Yeah, she I haven't would, watched but, the Americans, but I checked to make sure she could do it. <laughs> she could, but also even if even if it was just Catherine Hahn still playing the it role still could. in live action, her and Marissa Tomei, I guarantee you would have so much chemistry. Yeah, I think so too. I think so yeah. too. I just yeah. I, I I had fun thinking of who else yeah. uh, who else Olivia could have been. Oh God, I don't think I can beat that because I don't know. The heroes are all t- way too boring. For and is Happy her. not a hero? AP? Oh, I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I don't think they're good I together. Know, though. I know. I know. <laughs> but I love Happy tried, so much. I'm obligated to be sad sure. for him. I appreciate. I appreciate that they tried to give Happy a love interest because they didn't have to do that. And I appreciate that that was the. I I, I appreciate the sort of strangeness of that pairing. Um, and I think it's fun, but that's not who I want for her. Well, <laughs> she, I also, she can do better. <laughs> I mean, I think there's an interesting thing to explore here. I mean, I think her, her relationship with happy is sort of portrayed as though, like he was too serious and she wasn't looking for something that serious. So like, yeah, I think like. that opens up some possibilities. I think it opens 
uh, possibilities for her to intersect with people in a dating capacity that isn't necessarily like long term or super committed. So like, does do, do she and Valkyrie give it a go? Valkyrie's looking for her queen. Oh. Is it May? Like, oh God, I feel so like there's cool. plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of situations, and mm-hmm. I think. And I think we've established this with AP via another AMA. Aunt May is absolutely a bisexual woman, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the vibe. <laughs> At <sure>. least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I wasn't even thinking of anyone she any wants. man. Any, anybody that was coming to my mind was I wasn't either. I'm just saying the pool's yeah. huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, like, I know this is this is out of universe of the character, but like Marissa Tomei is, I think, the kind of actor that could have chemistry with anyone if 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 she needed to. So like, I feel like if you were to see a movie where they tried to pair Aunt May with anybody, like she as could long still as it's make Marissa it work. Tomei. As long as it's <laughs> it Marissa work. Tomei, I feel like she could still make it work somehow. Even if it's sort of like I don't yeah. like this, but it's still kind of hot. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, God. I can't get over your initial answer, actually. I, I just need to see better. it now. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or her. It and, would all... Or, you know what? You can all the caveats of like recasting or whatever. Uh-huh. Sure. And Agatha, just so her and Catherine Hahn can still be together. And I still think that could be really fun. Yeah. It could interesting. Still be, yeah. It could just be her and Catherine Hahn. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt May and Aunt May like dating a witch. Like that sounds fucking rad. That kind of sounds perfect also. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a fucking like wild ass Aunt May story. Especially. Anyway. Especially Marissa Tomei's Aunt May, who's sort of like, Peter, you take everything too seriously. So, like, if Peter knows that Catherine Hahn is a witch and Aunt May, like, doesn't care that much or doesn't seem to realize or isn't, like, picking up on the signs, like, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that sounds super fun. <laughs> <laughs> lots of possibilities. Lots of great answers. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Beautiful boy. question. Beautiful. That was all our Spider-Man ones. Now we got some Dang. podcasting-related questions mm. so katie on patreon <clears throat> they started off saying so uh saw it was going to be recorded close to your podcast anniversary happy podversary um thank you thank you thank you looking back on your podcasting years together what have been some of the surprising or cool things you've learned from it oh boy i mean like yeah i guess about podcasting huh um well, not necessarily. I guess it could be, be anything. Could be all that from Spider-Man just stuff too. learn period about pod about learn period learn about God. What am I trying to say? Learned about anything from the experience of podcasting. So yeah, yeah. it can be about anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's definitely a lot of fun trivia that we've learned. I think early on, this is not what my like big question would be, but one of the things that I think always struck me really from the very beginning was because we would be doing these like deep dives on the creators and actors that were involved in all of these things that we were covering Mm -hmm. just how much animation is like just totally incestuous. Like everyone on everyone on one show (laughs) is on another show. People who like try to pit, like animations or studios or networks or DC versus versus Marvel. It's so pointless because all the same people are working on everything all the time. Like every like animator, Mm. whatever, whatever you're like, I was even, I've been, I've been listening to like some, a lot of a Batman podcast recently because I'm watching a lot of Batman, the animated series. Yeah. And it's fucking every name that comes up. It's sort of like they worked on a Spider-Man show. 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 No matter like whether they're a writer, you know, animation director, animator, voice actor, like 
everyone has worked on everything. Like, um, and I think part of that is because that industry is, is, is pretty, you know, pretty niche. So like, I mean, I don't want to say it's pretty niche, but like, I feel like the small world, it's a small world. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. That industry, like the amount there's, I feel like there's fewer people working in animation comparatively to in live action, just because there's just as less animation in the process of it is so wildly different. So like, you're if if there's a show if there are two shows airing in the 90s they're probably gonna have the same animators on it everything in the 90s was like going to like tms or the same overseas uh Mm -hmm. studios or the same korean studios or whatever so like you're gonna even if you're gonna be like oh this show looks way worse than the other well guess what the same studio animated it it was just depending on like what you know how much money went into one or the other like the just the how much everything crosses over from that regard it's like a thing that I guess I kind of knew intellectually, but just didn't know the extent of it. And it's just so funny. Like, I feel like your eyes are kind of opened when you realize that. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes conversations about animation, like less, I feel like it makes a lot of it just like feel kind of moot. Like, yeah. cause it's just like, it's all from the same people. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's fine. <laughs> I think, I think sort of similarly, but in, in the context of more like the, the content and the narrative and the stories, like I think prior to doing what we're doing, I would have had a much narrower idea of like what a Spider-Man story quote should be and like yeah. how it needs to be told and what qualifies as like an acceptable Spider-Man story. And I think not just because we've seen so many, but because um, there are a lot of like uh, variations going further back coming from what are all sort of legitimate places. I don't really feel that way anymore. I think there are lots of different ways to get Spider-Man right. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certainly ways to get it wrong. I'm not saying they're all correct. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there are certainly more ways to do it than I think I would have thought prior to going into this. I think I would have thought that you and I could have come to like a really clear, concise thesis at the end of this and been like, (laughs) Spider-Man is this. Um, And I think you can, you can kind of do that, but there's so many variations and there's different eras and there's different, like what is standard of a Spider-Man, even what is standard of a Peter Parker that have like evolved. And we're Mm -hmm. seeing that because we, we now have seen a decent selection of like what made a Spider-Man Peter Parker, back then versus what makes a Peter Parker Spider-Man now. Um, And I think that's a cool thing to have sort of taken from this. Also, like I think (laughs) what I appreciate as a result of that, what I appreciate from Spider-Man stories, I think often is, and this is going to come as no surprise to anybody, but like the weirder offbeat stuff that still seems to resonate with like the Spider-Man part of my brain, mm-hmm. like the unlimited things, like some of the weird comics that we've read, mm-hmm. um, like the weird one-off or two-off villains from the 60s. Like those are things that wouldn't have registered to me as like quintessentially Spider-Man. Yeah. But when you break down what quintessentially Spider-Man is, they do actually all kind of fit. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and it's like, I, I, I've, I've never been like super strict on adaptations or whatever. Like I've never been, you know, super mad one way or another, even as a kid when it Mm -hmm. felt like something wasn't adapting something, you know, directly, if it was a different, different take. But I think I'm even, even softer on it now than I ever would have been. If I see like a wild departure in something, um, you know, I, I will have criticisms that I feel like it ultimately doesn't work, but like I welcome changes in adaptations because we've seen all these Spider-Man shows and it almost makes it more fun to see how wildly different 
some are from the other and, and, and yet still feeling like Spider-Man, even in spite of the different ways that they adapt things. And, you know, and that's, that's true of so many, so many things, especially with comic book media as mm-hmm. stuff is adapted over and over and over and over again. I, I think I'm, I'm more interested now and more engaged when I feel like an adaptation is actually doing something different than I used to be. You know, I, I don't feel like I, specifically seek out like, Oh, I just want a classic Spider-Man show. Now it's sort of like, that's cool if it happens, but also like there've already been plenty of classic quintessential Spider-Man shows that have existed. Yep. Um, I'm fine. If you want to do something different with it, because you're doing something different with it. Why not? It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean that the classic stuff doesn't already exist. And if I'm not into what they're doing, then there will be another version of it in a few years. Oh, anyway, there so. sure will be. And they'll still end up being wildly different. So yep. just, just generally more chill about that stuff just because of everything that we've, um, everything that we've covered. Yeah. So, and yeah. since we're in the sort of podcasting section, I will say as far as podcasting stuff, I've learned about podcasting over the past four years. Like I really think if you're if you're doing an indie amateur whatever you want to call it podcast like you really got to be doing it cuz you enjoy it. Yeah. Not cuz like you're trying to get some sort of like big grand external thing out of it. For sure. Um and I think just in case somebody wanted to hear the podcasting uh takeaway. I think that's been a big takeaway of mine. Yeah. Um you know, not including all the weird little logistic things that you and I have tweaked and fiddled with and all that sort of stuff along the way. Yeah. Yeah. For for me with the podcasting thing, I think it's more like being open to being malleable and not feeling like I have to necessarily like come into something with a very particular goal in mind. That sounds really vague, but I guess it's more like I can think of early episodes when I'm sort of like, I, 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 I'm watching the show and I know we have this episode that we're covering for a podcast. I have to come in with this amount of information and have my th- fleshed out thoughts ahead of time to know what I want to ultimately like mm. know what my conclusion mm-hmm. is. And, you know, uh, this, this will probably actually go in a little more to the second question, but like very quickly realize like the fun of podcasting is like the flexibility and having that conversation. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I don't know everything and I know that I don't know everything. And like, that's okay. That's kind of part of the fun of it is the learning experience and, and learning as you talk through it. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we get stuff wrong because I, we didn't do the research ahead of time, but like that often makes the conversation more interesting and we'll learn it after the fact and correct it later if we were wrong. It's yeah. And I think for what you and I do, which is not how every podcast works, like you and I don't talk rarely. Do we talk about the episode prior to the conversation we actually have on the recording? So it's not like the two of us are coming with like, um, you know, here's the, I, I, I'm going to say thesis too many times in the course of 10 minutes, but like, mm-hmm. here's our thesis about this episode. Yeah. Cause we don't like, that's not how the two of us together prepare. Yeah. Um, at least for this show, you know? Yeah. And sometimes there isn't one. Sometimes an episode sometimes is just there isn't. dumb and weird. Sometimes matter. you have a 1981 <laughs> episode that's a ton of recorded, like, like recycled footage and <laughs> put together in ways that don't make sense. And it just sucks. And that's all you have to say about it. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All of it, honestly, it's just, it's none of it's that serious. And like, that's fine. <laughs> don't have to stress yourself yeah. out over podcast prep. <laughs> yep. Yep. When it feels right, do it when it doesn't. Does right. it. We actually were kind of having a conversation right before the this recording where we were kind of like having that exact same conversation of like, eh, sometimes it'll make sense to do more. Sometimes it'll make sense to do less. Exactly. Exactly. People will listen regardless. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You alluded to this this question from the fan club podcast at the fan club podcast on Instagram. Uh, what is your favorite part of the creative process of podcasting? So you had some thoughts, clearly. Yeah. So because like what I was what I was sort of alluding to is that like the thing that I learned really quickly that I really liked about podcasting that I didn't realize how much I liked because I I do think that sometimes it's easy for people, including me, to kind of come in as much as I don't want to believe this about myself, sometimes I do kind of want to come in and like flex on like what I know or the really cool idea that I had or something like that. Sure. And I had to I get think over that's normal. I think so. But I, th- I had to kind of get over that pretty quickly to not just be so stressed out about this all the time. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. really, really, at least, and especially for ours, different type of podcasts exist, but for our podcast, um, all the ones that, that we do together, like the most fun part of it really is honestly like, the process of figuring out what our thoughts are in Mm -hmm. real time together. And like, I think that I was thinking about it and like the thing that I like about like writing, for example, whether that's, and a lot of people, whether it's fiction or like essay writing or what have you, like the, the thing that is both fun, but also really frustrating is like trying to work through your thoughts as they evolve Mm. and then to get to your conclusion. Yeah. And with writing, you know, you have to come up with a finished product. Like that's the point of it. But podcasting is basically like the middle section of that process where you're working through it and evolving your thoughts <laughs> yeah. in real time. And it, in a way that I think is sometimes a little more fun than the writing process can be because we're not necessarily trying to like refine, like to refine our argument or something like that. Like we're kind of talking together and being like, I don't know what my feelings are on this, but I feel like it might be something like this. And then you're like, Oh, I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like this. Oh yeah, it is like that. I didn't realize that. Or I didn't think about that. Or in a lot of cases, like maybe we do come in with a feeling or, or an opinion and then we change each other's minds. Like I, I love that process of it. And that only comes from having this conversation where we're both coming in, like we're both on there's a little bit of a performance to it but for the most part it's just like a conversation and yeah. we're trying to articulate these thoughts and feelings that we have about this thing and sometimes we'll come to a conclusion but sometimes there is no conclusion it's just we're just talking about the thing and it's like well that was weird anyway like and that's fine too but the process just the process of of figuring out what our thoughts are and i think sometimes coming up with some really cool galaxy brain <laughs> takes and like and and stuff like and really really fascinating insights that yeah. neither of us individually had ahead of time, but like figured out together through talking through it. That's, that's, I love that stuff. I think that's my absolute favorite part uh, of what we do. Yeah, I agree. I, I just sort of like, uh, I guess <laughs> amorphously just sort of thought like the conversation is my favorite part of the process. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Um, and I think you spoke perfectly to that. I think, I think you and I would be entirely capable of making a different kind of podcast, but I think like the fact that we've been doing what we've been doing for four years, if it wasn't working or if we didn't enjoy the actual kinds of conversations we were having, I don't think we would have done it for four years. I think we would have called an audible or we worked it or said like, you know what, we should do this a different way. And I think if you and I were to sit down, I mean, Falling With Style kind of followed the same the same um, structure, but we did have like an end goal in mind, right? To like get through a certain amount of things and sort of reflect on it. I think if you and I started a different podcast, it's entirely possible we could do a totally different thing or different structure that looks different than us just like doing the untangling. But I think for this, it has worked out that way. And for me, that's what's fun. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> also, well, like watching cool shows isn't like bad either. <laughs> oh, that is a nice part. Well, unless it's not, not a cool show, show sometimes it's problem. not fun. Like if it's I, MTV. I, I, yeah, I do think that that's that's a hit hitter. It's hit a or pro miss. And, oh, hit or miss. <laughs> and I think because of the way we do it, we're often sometimes stuck with a show for thirteen weeks that we don't really like very much. Yeah, and that's just gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> so but the, it's conversation. Fine. the conversation, the conversation often recovered that experience. The conversations, uh, even when the show is miserable, <laughs> the conversations yes. were always fun. I yeah. think that some of those MTV episodes Agreed. of our podcast are some of our best ones of all time and neither of us had any love for that show so because no, we're not going to give up on the conversation yeah. and you there know? are still interesting things to say and right. trying to articulate why you don't like something <laughs> as much as the internet is driven on like rage oh bait and stuff trying to really truly intellectually artic- articulate why something doesn't work for you can be really really challenging harder sometimes. than people want to make it seem Right. If if you don't want to just scream like this is bad, this sucks. Like, which we still did plenty of that. I will Look, give you. But we tried to we tried to also explain why we yeah. think it's bad and sucks. So. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric Berry uh, at Trekkie B four seven uh, asked a couple other questions. Or well, actually one question and then one joke. Um, the first question: <laughs> uh, What's the best part about podcasting? And your least favorite part? And then also said promote this on Reality Records. Never. Um, for those who don't get that, when you use uh, basically any like podcast related hashtag on Instagram, oh you're going to get that comment. Uh, Every single post. Know what it is? Like, what even is Reality I Records? I never looked. I you fucking know? report it and block it every time I it's get so the stupid. chance. It's, it's so, so annoying. Um, but I guess we actually kind of already talked about the best part of podcasting, at least favorite part, didn't we? Yeah, um, I guess we kind of <laughs> did. Um, I guess we talked about the creative process of it, but is there anything that's not necessarily the creative process period that maybe is an answer for you as well? I don't... Um, I mean, the I walk, watching cool be... stuff, I guess, is kind of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what would be super different. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've gotten this is I don't know if this is really an answer to the question, but I just don't want to say the exact same thing I did. One thing that's been especially cool, some of my favorite parts of doing the podcast are times when we've gotten to bring other folks onto the show. Some of those I mean, all of our guests have been fantastic, but like I never thought I'd be talking to people who like make comics and somebody who literally like wrote for the show. So like. Some of that shit is is really cool, and I wouldn't be talking to those people, or at least in the way that I did, yeah. had I not been doing this podcast. Yeah, um, no, that's a very, so that's that's, very true. that's pretty cool. And then, like, honestly, nothing is fun when you're having a bad day. So, like, if I'm having a bad day and then I have to sit down and edit, like, that sucks. But I usually like editing fine. Yeah, least favorite part. Um, I get a lot of anxiety from scheduling sometimes, but mm-hmm. we've been really lucky for our show. I will say you um, with scheduling stuff. I just need to say you did you specifically, Derek did an incredible job, um, during our last round of sixties episodes. Like you really turned it out and I am so appreciative for, uh, of you for that. Well, thank you. I will say everybody made it easy this time i i because I, I, I have to book a guest for every episode of gimmicks which is hard to do when you have like scheduling anxiety yeah. but um and that could be really challenging sometimes and but yeah this last round of 67 episodes everybody was just like yeah i can do it next tuesday like <laughs> everybody was great i'm like i don't know what magic we pulled or hell this is the perfect time where no one is busy but everyone was 
so easy to schedule it. So. I don't know. It also helped. It's something that I don't know if people necessarily realize. The first time we did the 60s show. Oh, my God. Like, we just didn't have a consistent schedule. And by we, I mean me, because I was working at fucking Chipotle, where I got my schedule, like, a day after the week started and was, like, frantically, like, causing stress on everybody's life being like, I think maybe I could work on a Tuesday, but not on a... I don't know. It was so stupid. Yeah, I don't know why we just... It, was a, it wasn't a great decision to, Horrible. To, to have guests every week for, during that period of time. I don't know. <laughs> it's just because Sometimes the, you need the something episode. normal, and I think we were hanging on... I mean, that was also still, like, pretty height pandemic. So, like, yeah. I think sometimes you just, like, grasping on to having something normal and at least for me that was like the normal thing yeah well the idea came because of the 100th episode is when we started doing yeah. that show and we wanted to, it, it just the timing just was bad yeah. but it was perfect i don't regret it time. i love it's so I, I, it doesn't work for our show to do it every week but i do love when we get to bring people on yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i don't even really i can't really think of a least favorite part of that this i mean it's it's stressful sometimes but like whatever it's never yeah. the stuff that i that used to stress me out the most i've gotten over at this point yep it's especially for the two of us it's like it's it's a it's a highlight of the week every time yeah i've managed to figure out like which things are stresses i'm putting on myself and which things are stresses i have no control over and when you know Mm -hmm. what those things are neither one stresses you out very much yeah yeah and stuff that uh i used to do there's plenty of social media stuff that i want to do more of but also it's time consuming and as soon as i got burnout on it i stopped doing it so that's why the feeds are quieter yep. than they used to be but also there was periods where it's my least favorite part and so why am i going to do it <laughs> yeah. whatever and um, loosening up on like editing i think that yeah. was a huge thing i had to learn yeah. like i i learned to edit a particular way and then i tweaked it a, you know and then sort of like got to the point where i was like i'm doing too much like it, it, yeah. it it's fine we we are good at talking <laughs> yeah, we're doing this for fun. It's yeah. like it's it, whatever if something is making us miserable then we can find a way to cut it out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good questions. I like being able to if this is actually I like these podcasting related questions coming in through our anniversary because it was a nice it's a nice mm-hmm. little way to reflect on what we've sort of learned over the past 4 years of doing this. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but that's it for those. And we have some uh, some questions that are a little like more about us personally and then just like yeah. random miscellaneous stuff too. <laughs> Yes. So Jason on Patreon asked another question. Um, this is another one I'm kind of surprised that I we've never gotten before because yeah. it's very, very straightforward. How did you guys first meet? Yeah. I think the story begins in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know that because I Ooh. remember exactly where I was living, which makes it easy for you to remember like the years. And I believe uh, it started on Twitter in a much more reckless and like Wild West version of Twitter where like randomly tagging strangers uh, like wasn't as weird. And I believe I was doing like my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers rewatch. And either you noticed me tweeting about it or I was searching for other people tweeting about Power Rangers. I don't know. You were searching. No, I remember specifically. I'm trying to find. I wonder if I still have. Ah, I found the tweet. Okay. I I only know it. And and it's, I I mean, it's a, and it's an account you've deleted. So it would be really hard to find it. But I specifically remembered the, what I tweeted because it was a weird tweet. Okay. Okay. And that's what made it extra funny. (laughs) Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Before you read it. So you tweeted something that I then responded to. It, if memory serves, there's no record okay. of your responses, but if memory okay. serves, you responded to it. Yeah. Okay. Because I think, because or, I, I'm pretty no, confident. You didn't, you didn't respond. I think. No, 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 no. No, I think I, okay. I, I, okay. What I think I remember, because the reason I said like, just like 
it was a it was a different version of Twitter, right? This is like an over ten years old version of Twitter, where like retweeting didn't exist yet. You had to like manually mm. retweet people, where you put right. RT and copied and pasted like what they said. I think I think yeah. that's where we were still at, right? Yeah. So I think I found something that you tweeted because I was watching Power Rangers, and I think I said something and like tagged you, and I think I said something to the extent of either like the perfect man or my soulmate exists or something to that <laughs> yeah, degree. Cause it was like, like because gay you bear, also like were tweeting about power Rangers. And I didn't realize there was like an entire huge community of people who still talk about power Rangers. Like, Holy shit. Somebody else is talking about power Rangers. Um, and he's like, kind of like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what it was. And then I think I remember you tweeting afterwards because I think I followed, I like followed you after that. And yeah. then you were like, oh, foot and mouth. Shouldn't <laughs> why, did I, why did I tweet that? Oh, <laughs> like, uh, hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no but, regrets. No, and, no. And, and <laughs> you didn't revoke your friendship after this much, this many years of mess. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. The, the tweet. But what did the, I respond to? I'm so curious. The tweet that I tweeted, I was watching, I was also watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's a quote. The quote is, I'm not really interested in engaging feminine attraction through bodily gyrations. Billy Cranston, hashtag Power Rangers. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because I didn't remember <laughs> what you said. So tweeting about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and specifically about bodily gyrations uh-huh. checks out, right? Right. Um, and quoting something that Billy said that's kind of yeah. like, I'm not I interested in women, basically. With, yeah, I had a feeling it had to do with, I couldn't remember what, but I feel like I had an image in my head of either Billy or Blue Ranger, but I could not for the life of me remember what what it was. And then basically, like, I think we just interacted on Twitter, and I, Twitter was not an easy place to, to interact um, a whole lot, I feel like. I don't even know, like... Could you DM people? I don't know if you could. I don't remember. At some point, we started talking very shortly after we started talking via Facebook instead. Because I remember having conversations on Facebook um, where you you were the one who basically like informed me of the fact that like no, there are there are places on the internet where people still talk about Power Rangers. Yeah, like people are still. Uh, having conversations about it. I remember you like dropping some recommendations about like, and there, there are seasons that people like still legitimately think are very good and aren't mm-hmm. super great. And because I, I then continued on after Mighty Morphin Power Rangers into a bunch of Power Rangers I never saw before. Um, you know, we talked about those yeah. seasons I was watching and then it kind of went both ways. Cause there were seasons you hadn't watched yet. Um, that yeah. I was like, maybe you should check this out because I weirdly really like Mystic Force, and it seems like no one does. Right? Yeah, I, I that was during a period where because that were... was when no one liked it. <laughs> right, right. There was a period when I like I, I had always kept up with Power Rangers to one extent or another, but there would see some seasons where I was just like in college or something and like yeah. wasn't paying attention to when it was airing and was figuring like. I'd pay attention to the world, but wasn't like consistently watching it or whatever. Um, and so it was Mystic Force and Jungle Fury specifically that I hadn't seen that you, once you got to that in your first watch through, you were like, no, you have to watch these and got me to watch them. And then eventually, I mean, you know, I basically, any Power Rangers season that I missed, I like went back and watched mm-hmm. it. Honestly, like very heavily because you were so, you know, so open about your Power Rangers journey and that kind of like reignited my passion for for Power Rangers because I had someone that I could like really actually kind of confer with and wasn't like, you know, wasn't like a big fandom person. It was somebody that I could like 
I, I was because, not our, connected at all. Right, like you even after connected. I learned about Ranger Board, I still didn't go to Ranger Board. Right. Well, yeah, you saved yourself a lot of stress and anxiety. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me. I mean, we had you had we had good conversations. Your observations were always like just really unique and interesting and like different from you know how most people talked about Power Rangers. And I don't think I knew I hadn't encountered gay people who were into Power Rangers either. <laughs> which there are plenty of now we're all Power gay. Rangers, right? But like I just I just hadn't encountered that in my like a limited internet experience. It was yeah. mostly just white guys my age or older who were yeah. annoying about it. So like I just hadn't really. So it was the first time I really actually connected with someone who I think could see yeah. some of the weird things and were like very positive about it and stuff and just like genuinely interested. It was exciting to really like kind of see some of that stuff through fresh eyes as you discovered these seasons that I loved and loved them as much as I did and had yeah. weird, weird theories and stuff just like I would. Lost Galaxy. Um, yeah, and I think it was just it was a great like mutual exchange of energy. Like you're still my best Power Rangers friend by a wide margin just because there's things I can talk to you about it that I would never that I could never talk to you about anyone else or would not care what I had to say about yeah. it in that it way. It just made sense. It was like two yeah, two adult it it sounds weird when you put this way. It was like two adult gay dudes who talked about Power Rangers in like almost not academic sounds dry but like in a in a critical way yeah uh, and i didn't realize that that world existed and i think mm-hmm. it sounds like derek was searching for someone within that world so it just yeah it was sort of serendipitous um yeah and yeah, i think uh, I, I guess I, maybe I, the podcast was born then yeah or at least the way we talk about things <laughs> No, I think the way we talk about it, I think that's, well, we realize the way that we have conversations yeah. really vibe really well. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. I think I had just started rewatching. I think I was right around the time it, it all hit Netflix, right? So I, that would make sense why we were both that, kind That's of exactly why. Because I had started, much more. I had started, yeah, I started in 2011, was working my way through Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, simply because mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, it's all there. Uh, I haven't watched this in a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been we're friends ever since. Actually, like met in person a few years after. I was gonna that, say, and... actually meeting. Yeah, yeah, I went. I went to you first. Right? Yes. Yes. That was 2013 or 2014. I think 2013. I think it would have been 20. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, you know, no, it had to be because it was the next year. Because 2014, I visited you and I went to Portland the same year, which is wild yes. that I did those two big trips at the same yes. year. I don't know because yeah. I did not make enough money to do that um, <laughs> at the time when I was like fucking 24 years old. Yeah. But yeah, 2013, you came over and, and um, yeah. visited me and it was it great. It is kind of wild to think. Well, that's when we watched RPM. Um, yeah, you watched RPM for the first time. That I was watched so RPM exciting. For the, I know. Derek got to witness me watch RPM for the first time, which is still one of the best seasons of Power Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I knew nothing about it. Like I, I was doing my Power Rangers so rewatch. I was so okay. I got so into it that I was I was not even watching um, the intros because like in the Disney era of Power Rangers, you didn't uh, you kind of knew, but you didn't immediately know who Power Rangers would be. Mm-hmm. Like there was Especially you could RPM. make arguments you for different not... characters. Like yeah. the way they introduced characters wasn't like here is guy in red shirt who saves kid from bullying. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, RPM. It's you could you could absolutely not know yeah. which character was which mm-hmm. color. Like who right. you, who you think the Red Ranger would be, I think is is uh, is not clear in that first right. episode until they literally so, morph. So I was like really serious about not watch. It's probably like the one time Derek 
forgave me for not watching intros to TV shows, but like, oh yeah, it, I, was, it, it was it was appropriate in that, in that <laughs> one, one experience. Absolutely, but I like wouldn't even watch that stuff until I was confident I saw every Ranger, um, or what I you know w- was comfortable seeing or whatever. So like, I knew nothing about RPM whatsoever. This conversation means nothing to so many people, but for the Power Rangers people, you <laughs> appreciate it. I knew nothing about RPM. I just knew. Uh, I think you might have even said like wait because it was like timing out perfectly uh, and then we watched I don't know how much of it because it, it's not huge but it's a, kind of a lot to watch but we yeah. watched at least the, the a big chunk of the mm-hmm. of the start of it uh, and you got to witness me watch it for the first time which is like every fan's dream right yeah. is like getting to watch somebody experience the thing that they love for the first it's a little bit anxiety yeah. inducing but like it it's is. also fun because you don't get to re-experience something for the first time yeah especially when like that person loves it as much as you do too. yeah and it's just yeah like, oh, great awesome so. yeah uh, <laughs> good stuff yeah that was good it's good anyway that's the story of how we met that's the story of how we met <laughs> <laughs> of course it all comes back to power rangers yes <laughs> power rangers and twitter that's always that's that will. consumes yeah. so much of our our friendship <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, oh, it is God. wild it is wild to realize that we've only met in person twice that that needs to be remedied uh yeah soon, so yeah yeah um let's see here uh katie on patreon they asked any video games or books you're really looking forward to in 2023? I wonder if they could be asking that because they have a podcast called Novel Gaming where they talk oh. about video games and books. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. Um, does the Spider-Man game sequel, Spider-Man 2, does that come out this year? Is that I listed year? it. I don't think it has okay. a date other than 2023, but I listed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my number one. I don't yeah. really... I'm sure that there are others that I will be excited for, but... There's not any that I know of. Are you, how excited are you for Digimon World Next Order? Oh, I mean, I'm, I don't really know enough about it, but I'm sure that I'll check it out. So that's what go on the list. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, in looking at like a list of games that were supposed to come out, I will say like, there's not that much I'm excited. Like excited is a, is a, you know, strong word. I will say Tears of the Kingdom does come out this year. I'm not ignoring the fact that it comes out this year. I just never finished Breath of the Wild, so it's unlikely I will buy another Breath of the Wild if I didn't finish the first one. But I understand and acknowledge that it is a very exciting thing coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's primarily Spider-Man 2. And I learned a game called Romancelvania what? is coming out this year, and it sounds incredibly my vibe. Okay. I think it's it's it? like Castlevania mixed with dating sim, but oh because God. it's like that, everyone's a monster. That's uh, I'm pretty okay. sure there's a werewolf, so I will be forwarding you information. Yeah, absolutely do that. <laughs> Some of those Castlevania monsters are fucking cool as hell, so yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, books is harder because I don't yeah. really think about... I, there are a couple things I know happen to be coming out this year because they're in a series, but mm-hmm. I kind of take books as they come. Yeah, I get I pick books on recommendation and it usually is years after they it's come out. So yeah. I don't really I, I was thinking about it. I really don't have an answer for it. Unless it's, you know, an author that I know that has talked about it. Yeah. But even the authors that I really like, I I'm trying to think. I don't think they have any books that are coming out, or if they do, it wasn't one that caught my attention. Um Yeah, because I don't know when the next is, I was I Chuck hmm. Wendig's Apple horror book thing this supposed to be this that year? That might be. That would, I would be. I'm interested in that. I just want to yeah. know what that is. Oh, yeah. oh. Jamie Loftus's book, Raw Dog, comes out oh, this year. Oh, fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot um, about that until this very 100%, moment. 100%. 100%. And actually, kind of along those lines, 
Um, I pre-ordered the comedy Bang Bang book. Oh, nice. And and, and that's that's going to come out at some point. Have they? I, have they? Is this their first book? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't even really know exactly what's gonna what's gonna be in it. Honestly, I just, uh-huh. but I know that I got I, I since I pre-ordered it. I did the pre-order where I get signatures, but it's not necessarily yeah. it's and it's it's like kind of it's random who you're gonna get. So like I might <laughs> get people that I really love, like like it's all the people that are involved in it or whatever. But sure. like I think like Scott Arkham signs all of them, but they're like Paula Tompkins might sign one. Uh, if I, I get, guess you gotta collect I, them all. If I Variants. get one with, with if I get one with Scott, <laughs> Paul, and Lauren Lapkus, like they're they do three of them together, and they're my three favorites anyway. Yeah, like and I know that they. Because they've recorded episodes of Freedom while they were signing the books, so I know oh. that there are books that exist where it's the three of them at minimum that have the signatures. Oh. So everybody, like, please that manifest would be this for Derek. That would be so exciting. That would be the ideal. Um, I mean, there's plenty, plenty of other performers. I would love to get like Lily Sullivan's signature and like Ego, um, Wodum if she signed it. But I mean, th- those are my th- my top three. I, I I would love to have them. And it's like getting two podcasts in one though, huh? That's like getting two things in one, though, if it's like that particular trio and that book. Oh, right? but I mean, they also do other stuff. To, I mean, they, they do comedy bang bang and stuff. They're, it's all crossover. It's just Freedom is those three only with no guests or anything. Right. But all three of them have also been on comedy bang bang. Yeah, yeah. They're like my three top ones from the comedy bang bang world. So I also, yeah. if five people sign the books, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited for that. I don't even really know exactly what to expect, but I love Comedy Bang Bang, so I'm sure I will dig it, whatever it is. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I know I know the fifth volume of Heartstopper is supposed to come out this year. And I'm excited for that because I've now read all of those and I watched that show and I'm very invested. Um and then also I think it's the it's the third, but I think it's also the Dead final install what's that? Dead India. Oh fuck! If that comes out oh, this year, absolutely. I thought, I'm sorry. I thought that's what you were referring to. No, but if that's—I don't know if that's, the, that's, know if that's this year. On. But if it is, that put add that to the list for sure. Yeah. So so Heartstopper is also on their third on their third one. Heartstopper's on their saying? fifth, and that'll oh. be their final one. Then what were you referring to? That's the third different gay shit, Derek. Um, God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to totally <laughs> derail what you were talking. No, I'm glad about. you brought up Dead Endia though, because yeah. I kind of I'm I've just been sad over Dead End not getting renewed. That I, yeah. I keep forgetting that there will be a third volume of yeah. of Dead Endia. I thought it was um, this year, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I hope but, it is. I'd be yeah. that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know when, but I will be anxiously awaiting it. Yeah. Um, no, the the final, I think final installment of Adam Silveria's Infinity Cycle series, okay. um, which I think I mentioned to you at one point, like he he might have listened to our novel gaming podcast about oh, his yeah. own book, um, so which cool. was very exciting. And so I'm very, I mean, I already would have been excited about that book, but I'm especially excited because um, it's like an author I feel like just a little bit more invested in because I'm like, you're mm-hmm. our bud. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That is so cool. That yeah. is so cool. I hope he comes on your podcast one day. Oh my gosh. No press. He's not listening to this one, but no press. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Otherwise, it's just like, no, nah, we don't have any books. And we just start rattling off. Like, I know, right? Well, it's hard. I just don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not very good at looking forward unless no. it's being shoved down my throat. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So, like, yeah. Especially there was a books. huge, this, this will tell you exactly when we recorded this, but like, there was a huge DC like uh info dump from james gunn today like now i know all the stuff to anticipate from that but unless it's being like shoved at me i I have no idea right right 
Well, we'll see. There will be plenty <laughs> of good books in 2023, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So, Josh Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam again asked, how much water do each of you drink? Not enough. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm not, I, although, you know, there's some people that I've encountered that like literally, literally only drink like soda and, and iced tea and coffee and like, that's it. Dude. Um, I'm better than that. I, I am still, I am a big water drinker, but I know that I don't drink enough water even with that. But I do, I try to drink water more than I drink anything, any other type of drink, like just throughout the day and with meals if I can and stuff. I try to keep non-water things as a treat as much as I can. I, I'm not always good at it, but yeah. Um, but I still need to drink more probably. Yeah. I, I just want to point out, I mentioned that this was my favorite question on Twitter and I wasn't being facetious Unironically, I think this is a fun, like fantastic question. I think this type of stuff is so fun because it's so like simple mm-hmm. and I think like it illustrates, like, I think people think they have to have like a deep question. No. You don't, you can just ask us how much water we drink. We can also um, probably still talk for an hour about it. Right. <laughs> exactly. We've already talked about this one for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, also, I mean, I guess prior to this month, I would have said exactly the same thing you did, which is not enough. But one of my goals for this month in 2023, I'm tackling like goals on a monthly basis because the idea that if you could do something for 30 days, blah, 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 habit, mm-hmm. blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so in January, one of my three goals for the month was consume 12 ounces of water when you wake up before you consume anything else. And I successfully did it for 31 days straight. And I will tell you, it definitely motivates you to continue drinking more water and stay hydrated because I feel like I, I, I did, I, I also drank more water than anything else. Like you were saying, but I definitely wasn't drinking enough water. And I feel like when you start hydrating, like a human being supposed to, you start realizing like what thirsty actually feels like. Oh, sure. And you're like, oh shit. I think I'm thirsty because I had a lot of water this morning and I haven't had any this afternoon. So I think, uh, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm just making that up because I've been very hydration conscious. Um, but I can confidently say that I've been trying to drink at least a liter and a half of water every day, which is like one of those big, um, like if you go to the grocery store and get one of the like large, almost too big to carry around water bottles, but not like an actual jug. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been trying to measure it by. Yeah. Pretty good. But always That's my great. water in the morning. Somebody That's told me smart. it helps you wake up and I I I made that a goal. I think I want to try that cuz I mean I always wake up thirsty in the morning but I'm yeah. just like too lazy to like drink a lot of the water like you know unless yeah. I have like serious This is going to sound so stupid. I thought it was going to be like hard to do that. I don't know why. I was like, "Oh my god, I don't want to wake up and drink like a whole glass of water." And this is going to sound so stupid to people who are good at hydration, but like it wasn't hard. <laughs> it was like, nice. yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's funny to think about like the things that we do as human beings because we're no longer good at being animals. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like my cat just drinks because it's supposed to. Right. Like, like he I just knows water. that water is required. Yep. <laughs> it's so silly. It's so, so silly. Yeah. Great. Like, question yeah, very good question i love that <laughs> love that question so much and unironically <laughs> we got another um in ingesting material for survival question uh from tommy at awkward comma obligatory food question is there a fictional food slash meal that you're dying to try like blue milk scooby snacks soylent greens something like that bonus points if there's one from spider-man or the mcu you can think of 
I, I do have answers, but I don't have one from Spider-Man. Do you have anything from Spider-Man? Oh, I mean, I guess I guess Aunt May's wheat cakes. Yeah, but that almost feels like an obligatory answer. Because it's like, but it's also like they're real. Like, you know, I mean, like wheat cakes exist. You know That's what I mean? That's true. Like, he did say fictional food, not necessarily yeah, food from I mean, a fictional I mean, property. It, like, yeah. it, I guess like Aunt May's wheat cakes specifically, whatever. But like, it's no, like, you're right. You're right. Wheat cakes I can make my own life. wheat cakes. Yeah, I think stuff like I think it's more fun to think of stuff that literally does not exist. Um, like, I mean, honestly, out of the like, even just from his list, like Scooby Snacks, not because I think I'll love them, but just because they're so confusing. Like, are they for dogs? Are they for people? Is it just because Shaggy is weird? Does <laughs> yeah. anyone else find them tasty? Are they actually tasty? Like, or is Shaggy just crazy? Like, I don't know. Um, I'd be curious to try it. And, is it just and, weed <laughs> that they're feeding their dog? Maybe. I don't know. I, you know, um, yeah, honestly, that was like my first thought. I'm like, I do, I just am so curious about whatever the fuck Scooby Snacks are. Um, uh, my other answer would be specifically this again, kind of a cheat because pizza exists in our world, but not like the way pizza looks in cartoons, specifically cartoons <laughs> from the nineties. You okay. know what I mean? Tell like, me more. <laughs> like extra, the extra like goopy, super cheesy. Oh, the pizza. Pole. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, sp- specifically thinking oh, of from a goofy movie. Ew, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The like, it's almost like the, che- like it's I know like cheese wet. melts, so it sounds stupid to say it, but like, yeah, like wet melty cheese like what's it's bizarre happening? right but but it's but it also like it was a thing as a kid where i'm like it doesn't look good but also it looks like the best thing in the world and i don't understand <laughs> and i just like if that were somehow to translate yeah. into the real world in a way that worked and made sense yeah i want to try it i get you yeah yeah yeah. My first thought was Star Wars. I mean, because his first example is from Star Wars, I thought of a Star Wars food. It's not my only answer because it's kind of an answer that sucks. But I'm not lying. I really, because it is fascinating to me, and I think I would get joy from it exactly once, I want to try that instant bread thing that Ray makes in The Force yeah. Awakens. It was like a practical thing, too. So like, yeah. it technically exists. I don't know if it's a real food. but I don't think, I don't, yeah, the, <laughs> the effect is real, but I don't think the food is real. Yeah. I think they cut away and she's like eating a, a, a bread roll or something. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I want to try, I want to eat that. I, I the mo- it, it genuinely wowed me when I saw it. Like, it's, it's the, so stupid because so I know it's just like a yeah. kid's chemistry trick that they did, but like. I just I don't know it it's it's like even meant to look bland and gross, mm-hmm. but I just want to try it. it it's like yeah. almost like doing an easy bake where it's like yeah it kind of sucks but like there's novelty to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The novelty you know? is is what it's there. For. Yeah. Absolutely. But here's an actual answer, and this is an answer I've had for a long time, um, and it's I don't know why this is so, like so ingrained in my memory and why I ever thought it looked good. But, like, you know in the original Willy Wonka movie, there's, like, that room that's just, like, everything's edible and candy or whatever? Uh-huh. Specifically, there's, like, these mushrooms, these huge mushrooms that just, like, have some sort of, like, frosting or cream or, like, like somebody literally takes their hand and, like, scoops something from the mushroom and, like, yeah. eats it. And I'm sure all it is is, like, a foam mushroom with, like, bowls of frosting. Sure. But in the fictional world right. where that is not just the practical prop. Right, like I want to eat that mushroom. I want to go into that room and I want to face first just like eat whatever that is. Yeah. For some I, reason that always looked so good to me as a kid. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the Willy Wonka stuff is a great answer because that I mean I mean obviously it's like yeah. made to be imaginative weird food that's like kind of, you know, enticing for children or whatever, but like also 
don't know, even the stuff, even like the, is it the gum that's like the full meal thing or whatever? The full meal like, gum, yep. Yeah, like I don't even know if I would like that, but I'm so curious about it, right? Like, I, I think would we just got an AMA it. question about that once. Maybe. I think, so. yeah, yeah. We had something where we like make a make that gum, yeah, basically. Yeah. What would we put in it? Yeah. Um, but I would love to try something like that, you know? Um, yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know what it is about that fucking mushroom. <laughs> so many things in that room like don't hold up for me but yeah. that for some reason i'm still i'm still enamored with oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, great great question yes yeah. that's, that's yeah. super fun <laughs> yeah another food question eric berry at trekkie b47 asked last meal choice i feel and like you've I gotten feel, that before. i do but i and i was tempted to look it up but i'm not going to because i want to answer this based on what my gut told me this time and then yeah. go back and see if i said the same thing mm-hmm. because i think when i answered it the first time i was like i don't know i don't know how to pick i don't think about like i'm such a hard question mm-hmm. but like if i answer the exact same thing this time as i did last time then it's not a hard question i know exactly what my answer is and i can move forward in my life was zero anxiety about my last meal yeah and then i just know and my my gut reaction this time and maybe your memory is good enough to tell me if this is what i said mm. is just a traditional thanksgiving meal mm. like a traditional or yeah. at least as i grew up with it right whatever the sort of like midwest yeah. version of it i know it's, it varies slightly different places but like right. what i grew up with as a thanksgiving meal like i i think it is a perfect plate of food everything goes with everything yeah. And it is so satisfying. And I think like that to me, I couldn't be mad if that was like the last thing I ate. That's a good, yeah. I think that might've been what you said last time. I, I, think, I think it might've been right. too. And if it is, then I've, I've got my answer for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I don't really exactly remember what I said. I think I said a couple of things and I think, cause I know I, I, for a long time, I'd just be like, Oh, I want like a waffle or chicken and waffles or something like that. Mm, and I, but I kind of feel answer, like though. it's not, but I kind of feel like I've, I'm. I feel like I'm. I've changed now. I've. I've, <laughs> I've ch- you've changed. <laughs> like it's not as appealing. I guess like just maybe it's like a health related thing. But like just like super starchy stuff isn't like my my go to comfort food anymore because it makes me feel bad. Like yeah. heavy 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 greasy meat and like sweet heavy starch like chicken and waffles i do love it and i will definitely get it sometimes and still make it sometimes but (laughs) if i'm trying to do like my go-to for it like i don't know it just doesn't hit me as much as it used to i think that their thanksgiving meal answer is really good because i was also thinking along the lines like mac and cheese or something like that but that's a good one did you grow up with mac and cheese at thanksgiving yeah like was that Uh a standard side damn for for yeah for my family yeah for, for sure um but I think I would probably go with like an Italian dish, probably like mm. like um, I think I would actually go with uh like stuffed shells. Oh, I was gonna try to snipe that. I thought that's what you're gonna yeah. say. <laughs> and specifically, like really good like baked stuffed shells with a good like layer of cheese, like mozzarella and parmesan on top yeah. of it, baked. Oh yeah. Um, mm. and I think I have a lot. Part of that too is because I. I mean, I like Italian food and it's just like pasta. I mean, I know I was just saying like, I don't want like heavy stuff, but like there's a difference between like fried pasta heavy shell. and pasta heavy. Right. Right. 
it's still like carbs, but it's like hard, like thin pasta with with like ricotta cheese and a and you know a good yeah. sauce. You know that's different. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgia for that too because when I was a kid, if my parents would get something, the few times that they would get like an like Italian stuff, mm-hmm. my go to was always stuffed shells and like nice. You can't go wrong with that. That still is the thing that I was. So it feels like that would be a nice like nostalgic thing, um, but also thing that I still love today. I still love Italian food now, and it's kind of hard to go wrong there's plenty of italian restaurants i can think of that oh, i've been sure. to that i'll be like i'll just do theirs and i know that it will be good um and that would be of course i don't know what i'd get for you know sides or whatever with it but that would be the main thing that i would definitely get yeah maybe a side, like, you, good garlic knots or something like ooh, that to go along yeah, with yeah, it yeah. you know yeah when i tell you i went through like a very serious manicotti phrase phase like at some point in like middle school i think like oh my god mm-hmm. any restaurant we went to that had manicotti i was like don't even ask me questions yeah I've I've made so manicotti good. a few times oh. and it's great. So it's a good good, good dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprisingly easy to make too. Um, Don't tell me that. I'll eat it every day. Kind of want to make some right now. Ah, oh, so good. I don't have any of the ingredients for that though. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Yet another food-related questions, kind of a little bit. Uh, Sean Destroyer of Worlds at Sharky, Snarky Sean asked, "Where's the beef?" Yeah. I know exactly where it is, Derek. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's not where you'd think. You'd think it's in like a Wendy sandwich or something, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. I believe they're the ones who asked the question. Yeah, yeah, because they're saying that there wasn't beef yeah. in other fast food places, but they had real, real beef in their burgers. And but they're wrong. Burgers. Okay. They're wrong because the beef is in a sandwich. I've never forgotten that okay. few other people have any idea ever existed. And that is the McDonald's triple double. AKA the Batman Forever Burger, AKA the Tommy Triple, AKA the Jason Kidd Burger, or Baselli Burger, or Rory Sparrow Burger, or Michael Dean Perry Burger, AKA the Hockey Hero Burger, which was a weird, like, three patty, two pieces of cheese on, like, a long hoagie bun for some reason. That's genuinely the most deranged thing i have ever heard in my life and it was i love the fact that that was somehow a bat you said a batman forever batman forever it's only ever and i believe was only ever used as a promotional tie-in sandwich i don't think it has ever been a regular menu item it only is ever like here is a sports tie cross promotional thing here's a movie cross promotional thing no idea what it has to do with batman forever the, I mean, all the dicks in Batman Forever. There's this very phallic shape, mm-hmm. and it's a very gay movie. So there you Fair. go. <laughs> there is the beef. I know it because there was a Cleveland Cavalier. This wasn't even mentioned on the page that I confirmed. Like that, I that I looked it up to confirm I wasn't making this thing up because sure. I remember it. <laughs> that's also like something you would you would just like dream up one night. Like I had a dream there was a, a bird or a long right? patty that was or a long bun that was tied it, to Batman Forever. <laughs> especially for the reason I remember it because the the reason I remember it wasn't even listed on the website that I found, which means there's probably countless other cross promotion like regional cross promotions that just weren't recorded. Mm. I remember it because there was a weird Cleveland Cavaliers McDonald's cross promotional thing where they had the the triple double burger and they advertised it with like three players from the Cavaliers who were like the big three of the team at the time. One of whom was LeBron James um, and one of whom was the center Robert Tractor trailer. 
Um, and I remember this because I thought he was very hot. And I specifically, I mean, his, his, his nickname is Tractor, Tractor Trailer. Trailer. Like, of come course on. He's hot. Yeah. He fucking broke a backboard by dunking in college. Like, hi. Um, but anyway, I remember this very distinctly because uh, in high school, I still was observing Lent because Catholic school. And so I hadn't eaten meat for like 50 days and then immediately was like, I'm going to McDonald's and win that fucking double or that triple double burger. And it was the worst choice of my life. Immediately sick, uh, wanted to die, uh, never ate it again. (laughs) And I felt so betrayed by Robert tractor trailer. Couldn't have been there for very long. (laughs) I can't have had that many chances to eat it. (laughs) So luckily, (laughs) All Lent, watch this stupid commercial with LeBron and Tractor Trailer. (laughs) I am so glad. I don't know. I'm so glad that this was the the rabbit hole you fell down for this like obvious joke question. That is beautiful. How many opportunities am I going to have to bring up the triple double burger? Cavaliers cross promotion featuring the single season player Robert Tractor Trailer. <laughs> that was also a tie in at one point to Batman. To Forever. Batman Forever. <laughs> For reasons no one can explain. So fascinating. Did they even like put like the Batman logo and print it in the bun or anything? Probably not. Like, we don't get cool shit like that. Yeah. I feel like Japan gets cool shit like that. Like That's their burgers true. are wild and I want to eat all of them and would probably regret it. Oh yeah. But I mean But I would do it anyway. Yeah, it's the novelty of it. You're right. We just get shitty burgers featuring basketball players. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the platform, Sean. <laughs> no one could have predicted this. No. <sighs> All right. What's next? Uh, HPG on Discord asked, which clue character are you? And did you do it? Colonel Mustard is my go-to answer. Um, I think he's the hottest one. So, of course, that'll be me. Um, consistently the hottest one. He's played by Martin Mull. Are you just movie. reading off of my notes? <laughs> I figured you have the same answer. But well, Mull, I don't, also, I don't land s- on the same answer, but this is my lead. Everything you're saying is my lead up. Did you see the um, the new like clue packaging that they're and like the, the sort of revamped? Yeah, clue? where everyone's, everyone's hot. hot. Everyone's, everyone's hot. so hot. What's funny? Okay, when that came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, everyone's so hot!" And I I couldn't figure out like a funny enough wording, so I just didn't tweet it. But basically, I was sitting there, I was like, "Colonel Mustard's always been hot. Like questionable right. life choices, they but just, always hot." They just made it. They made him like a. They made him more of like a typical daddy in like in, hipster in, daddy. In like a hipster daddy yeah which he's still hot he's just a different yeah. kind of hot yeah. i always yeah i always thought colonel mustard was hot so i go with him because absolutely yeah. i would do that um i don't know if yellow is necessarily my color but i can pull it off yeah. um who who wears purple does anyone wear purple who am i blanking yeah absolutely purple? so my answer was basically everything you said specifically citing martin mole the hottest colonel mustard absolutely um but i i said i don't think i'm actually a colonel mustard i'm much more likely a professor plum who was who i typically played as anyway because he wore purple yeah i i like the purple aesthetic of him but i just i feel a weird kinship with problematic colonel mustard so (laughs) (laughs) our problematic fave colonel mustard absolutely absolutely Weird Did you do game it? hunter, potentially human hunter, IDK. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at least he's interesting. Military um, you know, man. 
As for did you do it? Probably not. I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, of course I didn't. Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> Unless. It depends. Am I Colonel Mustard or am I Professor Plum? <laughs> I wanted to say Miss Scarlet, but we all know that's not me. No, no, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> we all, we all, we all aspire to be Miss Scarlet. Yeah. well chill will at dc20 will save as it always does on twitter asked do you prefer in musical episodes when the cast members who are not trained singers are still featured or when the members who are get a bigger spotlight even if they are not full timers i i think it's funny because i wonder if he's making a very particular reference because um that's a really notable thing in the in the famous buffy musical one of the things one of the interesting things that it does um is that anyone who's ever watched buffy knows this but if you aren't familiar with it um you know allison hannigan she plays willow one of the most major characters on that show obviously arguably like the second lead behind buffy Mm -hmm. um and she was like really uncomfortable with the idea of singing did not want to did not like her own voice and was like kind of like i I'm not going to sing. I'm sorry. And so they, so even though she's one of the main characters, she only really has like a couple of verses in the entire musical. And it's always just like a backup or whatever kind of thing. Like she does not get her own song, even though she theoretically, she's the type of character who should, what they do then is that any songs that are like relevant to Willow or related to that character are given to uh, uh, Tara played by Amber Venson, who has a beautiful voice, but was not, a main cast member. She was a, she was an important character, but like as much as everyone loves that character, she was a second. She was very much a supporting character. She's very much secondary. She was not in the main credits except for the one episode where she died because Holy shit. they're cruel. Um, yeah. Um, you know, she was not in every episode necessarily again, important character worthy of having a song. But if you're going to theoretically, if you're, you know, trying to make a musical, that she wouldn't have been your first idea to give a song. You would have given it to everyone before her, you know? But mm-hmm. so the fact that because Alison Hannigan didn't really want to sing and Amber Benson could, it ends up making that musical, I think a lot better because a character who doesn't normally get a huge spotlight gets a gigantic spotlight in that episode has kind of a couple of the best songs in it. Um, and I think like it adds a lot to her character. So all that said, just based on that one example alone, I prefer it where if someone doesn't want to sing and like, isn't really that great at singing, then like give it to the people who can sing, find interesting stuff to mine for that character for that then. And you know, if you can't do that, if you're not good enough to, to write a good musical with those characters, then don't write the musical. Like, I think you work with what you've got as best that you can. And I think you can come up with some really good stuff when you do that. This is fascinating because you specifically replied to this question on Twitter saying that you'd be interested to see what I thought. Yeah. Because so I know you're before, not super yes, familiar with musical episodes. I'm stuff, not. So I didn't know what you So I have no examples to go from, right? Like, I don't know any other than you and I talked about the dead end one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I've seen other ones, but haven't really, uh, like, registered them. And I've listened to you talk about some on gimmicks, but I haven't seen those episodes. So, like, it doesn't mean as much to me. Um, but because you said that without considering anything else, that was the very first thing that I like jotted any thoughts down for. Cause I was like, I just want to give like whatever my impression is. So it's interesting. You said everything you said, because here's exactly what my thoughts were. 
I think if you've got the talent, utilize it. And if that means giving a typically smaller role a bigger spotlight, that's two things I like for the price of one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cool. So, so you my gut that? is correct according yeah. to everything you said. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just makes sense to me. And the other thing too is like, it's it's uncomfortable to watch somebody who's uncomfortable, right? So if they're not comfortable mm-hmm. singing, like it 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 always is going to translate to the performance. And then the other option is having somebody. And if we're talking about live action, right? The other yeah. option is having somebody dub over a singing voice for somebody who's not actually singing. Which I think you is, I mean, you can do it, but I don't think it it works as well. You can kind of tell it it's weird. Yeah. You can tell when someone's not actually singing. Um, and tweaking their voice too much, you end up with yep. like a Beauty and the Beast situation. I was I think just Emma Watson's great, the <laughs> but they over-processed her voice and it was bad. Uh, it also, it didn't even matter. She was just badly cast in that role anyway. Love Emma Watson, but she looks so yeah. miserable in that entire movie. Sometimes actors you love are miscast. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, that whole movie, mistake. Continuously Sorry. forever you... until the day I and they die, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. Incredible actors that I think are great people, I, as far as I know, and yeah. uh, and they are doing all of the work to overcome some just really unfortunate casting and writing they had to deal. Hayden, Hayden yep. Christensen, you know, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many examples. <laughs> yeah. Emma Watson is not immune from being miscast. Nope. Oh god, that movie's <laughs> such a fucking calamity. or being forced to do. Uh, being forced to carry out other people's bad decisions. I hate that movie so much. How do you fucking make a Disney Beauty and the Beast movie and like you uglify the hottest character you've ever had in a Disney movie? So that wild. Beast design is horrendously bad. It's don't like the actor for it. That he just like negs Belle the whole time. Then it's like it's a romance. Like how the like oh god, I hate that movie so much. Yeah. Also, just the idea <laughs> that you're gonna take any of the the Renaissance Disney movies, which are all like all have like iconic women singing yeah and you're not gonna find somebody who and who again sorry sing. emma watson but who can like rise to the occasion yeah like i bet she can sing but like i can sing that doesn't mean i i am good like good enough yep. to do anything with it you Awful. know horrendous yeah <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. at least the little mermaid they got someone who oh, seems I, to be able to sing god. extremely well thank god that alone that movie can be garbage i will still be happy that they got someone they who got someone sing. who f- is really good at singing <laughs> yeah. at the very least good lord yeah, yeah. <sighs> <Bare> <laughs> thank you for reminding me because i was also getting mad about beauty and the beast at yeah. least we have that to look forward to god yeah i think that's yeah. this year oh is it i, didn't I think so i know that makes yeah because the trailer came out for it so sure it probably is so at, at the very least i will listen to the soundtrack yeah i'm sure ariel's songs will sound very nice oh, everything yeah. else who knows needs to be seen i cautiously i don't even say i don't even want to say cautiously i'm interested i'm interested <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm interested i don't but have will enough not trust be to be optimistic surprised. but i'm interested will not be surprised if i don't like it won't be disappointed because yeah. i wasn't that invested anyway so yeah. yep <laughs> Yep, it'll make a billion dollars. It doesn't matter. Yep, uh-huh. doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mm. And then we got a few questions uh, from Scott Sandler across multiple platforms. Uh, the last of which is the perfect way to close this out. So mm. the first one he asks is, "How do you cope with every once in a, like we always? I feel like we always or every once in a while get like an advice question, which is cool too. I don't know why people trust our advice, but I'm happy to talk <laughs> it through. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Scott says, "How do you cope with sudden ends of friendships?" <clears throat> I understand why that that, that is like a a tough thing 
because I mean, some a sudden end of a friendship if you're yeah. all close friends that is a it's a breakup. Like it is basically a oh, breakup. Oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. I I I can't say I was thinking about it because it did make me reflect a little bit because you know as you get older like. It's just a natural thing. You just like mm-hmm. your friendships kind of drift apart and stuff like that. But like a sudden end, sizzly, that's like its own yeah. kind of traumatic event. And I don't, I can't say that I've really had it really happen to me as an adult. I've had, you know, internet friends where we got in an argument and then, you know, stop interacting. But like it's, it was always like a, more of an acquaintance. I, I don't know that mm-hmm. I really even call us like friends, friends. So that's, that's a different scenario. The closest thing I can think of is like, I did have one friend that I, I was friends with for years that kind of indirectly just like severed ties um, as in like, you know, remove me from any, any uh, thing, any platforms we were connected over and like, and had never talked to me again, but it was part of uh, severing ties with like, mo- like a group of people mm-hmm. that he was friends with. And pretty sure it was just because of getting really in deep with Jordan Peterson. Mm. So like it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it wasn't like I had a direct argument. I was more just like just indirectly in that sphere, you know, yeah. um, and the writing was kind of on the wall. I feel like in retrospect, it's like that French art probably was never going to last anyway is, you know, as frustrating as it is for that to be the the reasoning that it happened. Um, but I think it also helped that it was like it wasn't just me. It was like me and at least one other person that could commiserate over it. So like uh, more people than that, I think. So like, I, I, I you know, it, it's still different. It, I, I think that like when, when you're in a situation where it's like a one-on-one thing, like you actively have an argument or something like that. And the friendship is over. Like I, I that is a traumatic experience and you're going to experience, experience grief with that and i think you have to be okay to be sad just like you would for any any breakup or any kind of loss because it is a loss you know yeah absolutely and i think like some of the advice i would give for a breakup applies to this as well which is like i mean obviously context matters we don't know what the specific circumstances if this is inspired by a specific circumstance but like sometimes the hardest part is like realizing that this other person uh if if you're on the side of things where it was a surprise for you right i think like a big piece of it is is recognizing that like you're probably fine the way you are and doing the things you do and that there was something bubbling that they weren't talking about or you two weren't talking about or whatever that they were hung up on that they weren't willing to bring up or whatever the case may be like if you walk away confused like that probably wasn't as strong of a friend as unfortunately thought it was because Mm -hmm. they weren't telling you something that then exploded right if it's that you needed to cut something off from them then it's a matter of like recognizing like you like you can trust your decision making right like if you needed to suddenly end a friendship with somebody you probably had a reason that you felt really strongly about and that is okay that's a good reason it's certainly harder if you're the one confused in the situation because yeah. you don't necessarily get closure, but you don't always get closure in any sort of relationship. And so that's like the hard thing to untangle. And it's just sort of like, I don't know, yeah. figuring out that like you're fine the way you are, right? Unless they yeah. come with like constructive well, criticism, which you don't even have to take seriously yeah. if you don't want it's, to. Like it's it's yeah, I, I will say, I will say like it's always worth reflection, you know, like I For think, sure. I think it is the hardest. I think one of the hardest parts is finding that balance of like, you want to be able to reflect because sometimes, yeah, maybe there's maybe like there is something that 
you could do differently in your other friendships that like maybe there was a thing that you can have some accountability for. And even if it doesn't repair that friendship, you can just like learn that about yourself going forward yes. and apply to other friendships. However, it is a, it is a bit of a slippery slope because you also don't want to just sink into a hole of blaming yourself and hating yourself at the same right. time. Right. Well, because you can so. get really hung up, right? So yeah, like, what? Yeah. I, yes, the, the introspection is always good. And I think you should be doing it constantly, right? Not to like be you know, like uh, obsessed with how you're coming across, but like just to be aware of your relationships and what you're contributing and all that sort of stuff. Right. But like, yeah, I I just, I don't, I, I I never want someone to be like hung up and like haunted by like, what did I do? Especially if that person is gone and not giving you that feedback. Sometimes you'll never, sometimes you'll just never know. Right. Exactly. Sometimes there are mysteries in life, especially when you're dealing with other people. Yeah. And it feels like shit. I'm not going to like, yeah, that's just the fact of the matter is it feels like shit, but yeah, you know, and I think you just also have to, even if you do that introspection and you never really come to a real conclusion, like sometimes you just got to just move on you know like i I, I, there's it's it even if it still hurts like sometimes it's just like there's there's not really any turning back or or if you do realize like i did do something wrong and i hold myself responsible for that that doesn't necessarily mean you're ever going to get forgiveness for it and that's also kind of okay if you learn from it there's always a point when you can just change and move on like you it it can always start today you know um so no matter what like you'll be okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like um, pieces of a flow chart that we just talked through. Cause we don't know yeah. what the answers to the flow chart are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard, but there's, there's lots of, lots of bits and pieces to untangle. Just don't, you know, yeah. In any case, even if you feel like it. you have done something, like just don't beat yourself up too much. Like try yeah. to be constructive about it. If I, you feel you did something, if you don't feel you did something, then the work is is the the letting go piece. Yeah, if you want like a tangible bit of advice that isn't just vaguely like you know reflect and stuff, which is hard to it's hard to quantify that when you're in it. You know, that's a good point. I, yeah, just directly talk to people that you trust, even if it's not someone who really knows a lot about the situation. Sometimes having that third party just to hear you out and hear you like like either vent or mm. like not necessarily even out, out to like seek advice just no, to like air your grievance because sometimes that third party can just be like, Oh no, it sounds like they're an asshole. You're fine. Like, or they can just be like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that, but it, it'll be fine. Like sometimes just having that third party will help you really work through that. Or, you will be able to figure out stuff yourself as you're talking through it. Like, I know that it's like cliche to just be like, just talk about it and you'll feel better. But like, I know from experience with like, you know, experiences that I've had and like, you know, a a breakup that I've had that I like didn't really talk about a lot for a long time. It really is like life changing when you just talk about it, even if it is just recapping the events that happened and had you, how you felt about it to another person that is listening like that is genuinely life-changing and is like part of the healing process and can sometimes help you like get over it without actually doing anything more than just talking to someone about what you, what you went through. Yeah. And I think like if you can approach those types of conversations with a third party and communicate to them where you're at and kind of what you're like, 
what you're coming to the conversation with, that can be helpful too, right? Because you can have different people you go to for different things. So you can have the people that you know are going to like gas you up and be your cheerleader and just like sometimes you just need to be like heard and that's totally cool. And sometimes you need that friend that you can go to and be like, I think I did something wrong and I need you to tell me if I did. Like honestly, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, And like knowing who those people are and being able to say like, I need you to give me advice or... I'm not looking for advice. I just need someone to listen. Like those I are just need, yeah. very I tangible just need... things you can do to like have productive conversations with. Sometimes with all you parties. need to, sometimes all you need to hear is I'm sorry that happened to you. And like, that's totally, enough, you know, and it's okay to say that's what you need. Like, I think people are yeah. weird, like asking for that, but like, it's okay to say like, I just need someone to hear me out and I need someone to know that like this sucks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully some tangible things came out of that, but yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully uh if this did come from a specific instance that things are are you know going to go more smoothly than not. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Scott also asked is there a type very very uh different type of question is there <laughs> a type of genre of movie you've been watching more often lately? Yeah. Um so for me, so I was I I did the Mixed Reviews podcast recently. Yeah. I was on the Tony Collette episode. <laughs> And so I spent pretty much between, very cool. Thank you. It was really f- super fun. Uh, super fun to do. I love doing that podcast, but um, there, so b- between like Christmas and like a few weeks ago, I was marathoning a ton of Tony Collette movies because she's been in so many of them. And uh, we talked about it on the show, but like, it's often hard to tell, like, is this a movie worth watching that we'll be talking about on the podcast? I don't know because sometimes she's a major role. Sometimes she just shows up for one scene. Sometimes the one scene is meaningless. Sometimes the one scene is one of the most important scenes in the movie. So who fucking knows? So I watched a lot of movies that I'd never seen before. Um, but I mean, Tony Collette's been in a lot of genre of genres of movies, so it's hard to like pin that down because every, sometimes I watched a horror movie, sometimes it was a sci-fi movie or whatever. But it's kind of the kind of the uh, the great thing about Tony Collette. However, I definitely did watch a lot more just like adult dramas than I had in a while. <laughs> yeah. I like adult dramas, but you know we're obviously inundated with a lot of like superhero media and like franchise IP stuff. And mm-hmm. I like a lot of high concept stuff, and I watch a lot of sci-fi movies and stuff like that. So like. Sometimes if it just comes down to it, I'm just not picking the adult drama that's just about like a family or about a romance or something like that. Watch a lot of romances and like coming of age stories and and like rom-coms, stuff that like I like but just don't watch enough of. And I loved having that avenue because even within that those sort of genres and that sort of scope – a lot of those movies were still very different from each other and some I loved, some I hated. But it was really cool kind of – getting into that and getting away from, you know, all the superhero stuff that I have to be inundated with for our podcast purposes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it was cool having a break from that. Um, I, I don't want to call it a break. Just having a diversion from that is a better way to put it. Um, and that was really fun. And then once I did that podcast, it was funny because I'd been doing a lot of more adult stuff because Tony Collette does a lot of adult movies, <laughs> um, or, or not adult movies, movies for adults. Um, so when I was done with that, I was sort of like, I need a palate cleanser. And so I ended up just like going back to my uh, watch through of the DCAU. So I ended up watching yeah. just a shit ton of Batman, the animated series. Um, and I'm actually like way farther in it than I would have expected. Part of it, partly because I got food poisoning and just spent like two whole days <laughs> no. just on the couch and in bed. And I will say, if you're like healing from something, 
um, if you're sick, if you if you know if you're having trouble sleeping, the like initial season official couple seasons of Batman the animated series are kind of perfect for that because like it it was it was like um the the cells were drawn on like black paper so even when it's like brightly lit it's still dark mm. dark looking so it's great to have on your TV in the dark if you're trying to fall asleep I was wondering where that was going to go cuz I was like it's kind of a darker show than people remember so yeah, I'm not sure like is. what you're where you're landing it's, with this It's it's <laughs> dark to look at it's often very quiet even as an action show like it, you know, like there's plenty of scenes of just people just sitting at a computer typing and not saying anything. Like it's a very quiet show. It's it's a pretty slow paced show. Um, but also, like if you are invested, it's a 22 minute story that are pretty 22 yeah. minute stories that are hard, easy to follow. So even if you're like in and out of sleep and like falling asleep through half of it and waking up and need to rewind it again, super easy to catch back up with. There are plenty of episodes that like I wake up and it's like three episodes later and have to like start it over again and then fall asleep again and I've started over again. But it was perfect for that situation. And I ended up getting through a lot of it. And it's now kind of because I had that experience of like my body literally healing <laughs> um, while I watched it. Now it's sort of like, be- like become ingrained in my head as a comfort show. Yeah. Um, and it's become very comforting to watch, even though that show is often very traumatic and fucked up. That's what I'm saying. Um, but it's still like, yeah, it's just very comforting to watch. And it's just such an artfully, beautifully created show. So just being, obviously we watch a lot of Spider-Man cartoons, but like Batman, the animated series is a very particular brand of superhero cartoon that like has never been replicated again. No. Um, so really being inundated with that and watching a lot of episodes. I haven't, there's a lot of episodes that I either had no memory of or hadn't seen. Cause I just never had never done a full watch through of it. And it's just been such a, such a joy like really doing that. Cause it is, is such, such a good show. Yeah. I watched a ch- I wasn't doing like a full rewatch or anything, but I watched a chunk of the beginning of that show and realized I have just such stronger memories of the later stuff when there was like a bat family yeah, yeah. Uh, than any of the stuff where there just wasn't. Um, yeah. Like, and it was like a cool redesign. thing to be reminded of. Right. And all the, all that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally what I was looking at and the stories that, that were being told to me, I was like, Oh shit. I don't remember as much of this mm-hmm. as I realized. Yeah, there's more continuity than I remembered to, you know, between things. Like, there's episodes, like, honestly, um, there's an episode, His Silicon Soul, I think, is uh, will is my favorite episode of that show now. I had never seen it before. It was a full surprise to me. And it's, like, a follow-up to another two-parter that was about, like, robot duplicates that was, like, a fun, like, Blade Runner, Terminator kind of pastiche. And then they follow it up with, like, they revisit that concept with, like, a robot duplicate of Batman who doesn't realize he's a robot. He thinks he's Batman and has this entire existential crisis about it. And it's like, and it's a beautiful looking episode. It's one of the best animated ones. It's, it's so fucking cool. It's like so well done. And it was so cool. Like experiencing that for the first time. Like I never knew that was an episode that existed and it's (laughs) so, it's so good. Um, and like watching that, I ever hadn't like slept for two days and like been throwing up constantly. <laughs> and then I had to like experience this beautiful work of art. Like, uh, it was just such a cool experience. That show is just amazing. Like a transcendent uh, experience. Yeah. Based on extreme bodily circumstances. <laughs> right, right. The timing could have been more perfect. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, I don't think this is really a surprise, but it's far more concentrated uh than i think is usual for me but i've watched a bunch of movies this month all of them are either horror movies or animated movies with the exception of the bob ross documentary which i would argue is a horror film oh yeah <laughs> when you, by the time you get to the end so Oof. 
that's that's pretty much what I've been watching is just horror and animation. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch Megan. <laughs> I have not seen that yet. It's sure my recommendation. My recommendation is the Puss in Boots movie. That movie fucking oh, rules. I know. I want to see that so bad. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Uh, final question. Yeah. Scott. Good one to end on. What's the best thing you've done so far this year? Which is such a funny question because we're only a month into it. So I, it, it'll be interesting for what the answers are. And unfortunately, my answers are annoying because I can't. One of them I can't talk. I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know. Oh, it's like I, you have a project. You have a thing. Yeah, it's like when I you're hate, listening to a podcast and they're like, I'm somewhere right now, but I can't tell you where. It's not my fault. <laughs> I was told that I'm not allowed to post on social media, but I also like don't know when I'll be able to talk about it. Um, and I don't know if they're actually going to tell me or if I'll just have to like figure it like if I'll just have to figure it out. Like, I don't know if there's going to be an announcement like it is OK to talk about it. Because also like. It's not like a huge deal in the grand scheme of things. If you're not in the Richmond area, it doesn't fucking matter to you. It's cool for me and it's cool yeah. for a, it's a local thing that I'm involved in. Opportunity that I had um I had presented to me if I wanted to throw my hat in for it, I threw my hat in for it and I got it. So it'll be a really cool thing that I get to do later in the year. So I haven't actually done it yet. Um, but being knowing that I will be doing it is like and having, you know, shot sh- shot my shot. Mm-hmm. I don't like how that's phrased. No, you know that's I mean. right. Having shot, shot my shot. shot, having shot my shot and, and getting it um, is, is really exciting. And, and it was an unexpected thing to happen right at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't, and that's probably the coolest thing yeah. that I have done that I haven't even actually done yet. I'm just obligated um, to give you a hard time as your co-host. I know. If, no, it's fine. Anytime it's someone brings annoying. something up that they can't talk about, their co-host is obligated it's to give them annoying, a hard time. But also, like, I want to talk about it, and it's, <laughs> I, know, I don't I know, know. I, and I'm just not allowed to, but also, like, now I've I brought it up, and now I'm, like, overhyping it, so when people find out what it is, it's sort of like, oh, that's all it was. Like, you know, like, uh, I hate no, it, but it also was, like, a cool thing. No matter what. It also, it also was a cool thing that I got to do. I don't know. I did one other thing that I also don't think I should talk about on the podcast, okay. but it's not a project thing. It's more like, I don't... I don't think it would be appropriate to talk about it. So I, I can't, there's nothing I can really talk about. What does that even mean? But I've done cool stuff. I can tell you off mic and then you'll be like, okay, I understand. Um, That's all right. I can take over. Yeah. yeah. I've done cool stuff. I just can't talk about any of it. I guess Guys, I swear. I've done so many cool things. I just I got, I can't think of them right now. Look, I got I did them all poisoning. in Canada. I, I, I got food poisoning. That was the best thing I've done so far this year. <laughs> Threw up everything that I've ever eaten in my life over the course of two days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that this question comes at the perfect time uh, because this isn't necessarily like a cool or sexy answer. Um, but the best thing I've done so far this year is take incredibly good care of myself in January. I, awesome. leading up to 2023, felt like I was carrying a lot with me that was unnecessary to carry and I didn't need to. It was all stuff that I was like, I'm, I can tackle uh, my shit if I just choose to tackle my shit. Uh, and it coincided with this break that Derek and I agreed to take from the 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 podcast the sort of podcation if you will and so i said this is the perfect chance for me to just take care of myself mentally and physically spiritually financially and i just really like sat down at the beginning of uh of the year really laid out my month every week i really planned out like how i was going to do that whether that was 
you know, tackling a bad habit that I had carried too far or building something up that I hadn't paid attention to. Some of it was like paying, like was giving my apartment the attention it deserved. Some of it was like giving me the attention I deserved. Some of it was like, um, just, I don't know. It just, it was, it was really good to do. And it was nice to just like have the time to stop and like reflect on, all of that stuff in a way that I can then carry forward um, in one way or another. And so it was the first month of what I'm hoping is like, a, a, I mean, not saying year long makes it sound like, you know, I'll just stop after a year, but like I really did plan out like how I want to take care of myself this year uh, and was able to take it incredibly seriously in January with the opportunity that you and I built for us to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, uh, am like proud of myself for taking it as seriously as I did. I had like three sort of like, uh, ongoing goals, uh, like daily ongoing, do it every day. I'm very bad at like habits, um, and managed to knock all of them out of the park with way little trouble, like way less trouble than I thought I was going to have. Um, and I'm like excited for February so I can do the next thing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. I'm like, it's, it's so weird. I think it's like, I think people, uh, are like trained not to be proud of their ordinary accomplishments. You yeah, know, that's, that's great. But yeah. like sometimes you need to celebrate your ordinary accomplishments because you're not accomplishing those things. Yeah. Um, and for me, I wasn't for a long time. So Really yeah, that's fantastic. glad to have like recalibrated myself uh, and I'm yeah. like proud of myself for doing it. That's yeah, that's, that's really exciting. That's what you yeah. want. I mean, you have to do that at a certain point when you're, as you get older too. So it's like good to just be able to just do it and know yeah. that you can do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it won't hurt you to look at yeah. yourself, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, did. It's just interesting. I've I, I've been thinking a lot about my health like recently because right around the time I was like really sick, I also got put had like gotten put on medicine by my doctor because mm-hmm. of my lab results and stuff. And I'm like literally at at the stage of my life where it's just sort of like, oh, maybe I should get one of those little pill, those little daily daily pill boxes now for myself. <laughs> I guess yeah, to make yeah. sure I remember because I got to take like like four pills a day now. But like you know, but but it's also like you know, it, it it's also it's not a thing that was like bad either because it's just sort of like this is a thing that i just know i have to pay attention to and it forced me to like just take a harder look about like how i eat and how i operate and yeah i'm like started taking like more supplements and stuff like that um and just like doing research for you know it's like it forces you to look bigger picture than you than you would if you're tackling things day to day and i don't even think i was tackling things day to day i was thinking i was tackling them like moment to moment which is like treading water so like your example of the little like pill organizer is like funny because we associate it with like a particular stereotype but it, it, it's a bigger picture thing yeah and you can right. see it from a, a, a higher per, like higher perspective sounds way yeah. weirder than i mean for it to be but like literally just like a bird's eye view of things yeah it helps you be on track and i mean it's you know it, it's hard because sometimes it seems like a a big hill you have to get over when you start realizing those things about yourself and feel like you have to make changes but also like but i feel like every experience i've ever had it's sort of like once i've made the change that i needed to make it's like that wasn't so bad and it's no. fine and i feel better about it so yeah yeah and just like, gotta get over that hurdle and, yeah. and i think you know as long as I, I think it helps to have the impetus to do it um but sometimes you just got to push yourself to just be like i'm gonna make this change yeah and then you do and it's, it's great it's a it's a really strange brew of like having the impetus having a plan and also and this is like the thing i'm working on 
that I think is the only reason I was able to do this as well as I did, which is like being able to forgive yourself for not doing it perfectly exactly the way you planned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but just having the plan and having the impetus like is a, is a big, big piece of it. Practically speaking, like I have a big old binder. I'm like a big nerd about it and I have a big old binder that I've been like, you know, planning and collaging in and it's like a big old mess of a thing that is helping a lot. It's awesome. Do it. Work on yourselves, yeah. everybody. Love it. It's worth it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We got through all yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of nice roller coaster questions. Yeah. Um, do you know what's also worth it? What? It's a Patreon. <laughs> it is. Really? I agree with you. I think people who have been a patron would agree with us too. Um, you can join it at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. We've got a lot of bonus content and stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll have to have a brainstorming session for whatever yeah. new bonus content we want to have going forward Absolutely. now that we're back. Yeah. But it'll definitely be there. Check out our discord as well. Um, it's an easy way to chat with us and our listeners and any questions that you come up with. If you immediately thought of something that you'd want to ask us for our next AMA, whenever that may be, even who knows how if it might be months away you can still ask us at any time see if you're on discord you can jump into the discord put it in the ask us anything channel and we will make sure we get to it when we get to another ama later on Mm -hmm. so great way to do that link to that is in our show notes uh but where can we find you all over the place on the internet and everything you're working on doug yeah, all over is primarily on Twitter, unfortunately. So you can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli. It's not dead yet. <laughs> um, but you can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. Uh, you can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friend Katie and I catch up on all the media we have been consuming lately. Um, and I just sort of informally also took a break from Victory Road while we took a break here. Um, so soon enough, I will be uh, planning and recording and releasing the final four episodes of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast uh, here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. So The final four. The final four. You can find me all of those places. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter as well. As long as it exists at Derek B. Gale, you can find my other podcast gimmicks, which I'm currently working on bringing back. Ooh, la, la. I'm, I'm aiming for 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 you've heard it here first. I'm aiming for March. <gasps> um, we'll see how things go this month, and then I'll make an official announcement. But <laughs> uh, date to be a TBA, but probably we'll be back in March. Uh, but that's my other podcasts where I look at the high concept, experimental, structure breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different guest and a different show for every episode I do. Find it, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow it on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. Um, you can also check out our other monthly podcast that's not monthly anymore, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. I don't know if we're going to keep plugging this for the rest of the year or forever, if there's ever going to be a point where we stop plugging <laughs> it. Um, but it's still, you know, we, we just did our last episode uh, to date of that um, in December because we did already watch every Pixar film chronologically mm-hmm. that has ever been released, plus a couple of bonuses that we did. So check out all those episodes if you never have before. Um, and even if you have, maybe make sure you're following the feed. So then whenever we do drop an episode, when a new money movie comes out, or if we come up with some idea for a bonus episode or something, you will make sure that uh, that you see that we did a new episode of it. So, um, but uh, yeah, until then, all episodes are out right now. 
You can also visit us on our website at wallopingwebstappers.com. You can follow us as well on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all your podcast platforms. And the moment maybe some of you have been waiting for, <gasps> because next week, next week, now we're back. We're actually going to be doing a Spider-Man oh show gosh. again. And in fact, this is a very long awaited one. It's actually kind of a milestone because it will be the last major Spidey cartoon, like the major one that was a full Spider-Man series. The last major one that we have not yet covered at all. We've not covered, covered a single episode of this show. It'll be the last one that we start. Oh my um, not the last one that we start. The last new full show that we that we cover. And of course, if you guessed it, it is the... Uh, very interesting Ultimate Spider-Man <gasps> with its premiere, Great Power. I wonder what the title could mean. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> See you then. See ya. first countdown back and i decided to sprint through it <laughs> <laughs> three to one go three to one go three to one go <laughs> <laughs>